Hello and good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to this Thursday's new episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Boomstick XL. And my God, has this been a busy week. I mean, as a matter of fact, I was working to the wee hours of the night, dropping the topics, and even had to write the third one very early this morning when I was up at 6 because this has been one hell of a week. Uh, And in a good way for sure. I mean, if you missed it, if somehow you didn't get the memo, um, I was uh, allotted a very unique and special opportunity on Wednesday at noon Eastern time. I was able to sit down with a few of the uh, developers from St- Systemic Reaction. Now, if, you, if that if that indie studio doesn't ring a bell, they're bringing us, and I say us, the Xbox community, Second Extinction uh, on the 28th of April. In a couple of weeks, folks. And more importantly, this uh, Turok Dinosaur Hunter meets um, Left 4 Dead inspired uh, first person shooter romp is going directly into Xbox Game Pass. And yesterday, um, I was able to sit down with Simon Vickers, uh, who is the game's director, and also a nice Palm, who is the community um developer for you know what goes on with you know with with the game itself and how it interacts with the community and i got a chance to sit down with them for almost 40 minutes and get some really fantastic behind the scenes commentary on you know how it's been with the team making the game how many team members are on that team you know how covid in uh, you know covid-19 impacted their development schedule um, and uh, it was a really, really interesting conversation. If you missed it, if you did not get a chance to watch it, you can definitely head over after this show to my YouTube channel and definitely check that out. I think you're going to definitely dig it. And more importantly, I can't really say who I'm working with in the background right now because we are still trying to uh, you know, get the details ironed out. But I have three massive developer interviews on some of the biggest games coming out this year uh, that I'll be announcing uh, hopefully shortly. Uh, But I cannot wait for you guys and gals to check that out. But listen, we are here to talk about video games and more specifically Xbox video games. So let's get into the introductions and then we'll get right into it. And first we're going to start with, uh, and I said this to him privately and I'll say it publicly, he is no longer Rookie Sensation because he is just hitting home run after home run and i think you can consider him a seasoned veteran please welcome our guest appearance from pong soul what's up brother? boom good morning chat Ar- uh archimedes vj three well, it's actually box of bear uh, well as, as yeah a- we'll go with box of bear that's fine i do like that one better <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 you my name uh, <laughs> good good morning to you all uh obviously uh great uh thank you so much for the invite boom glad i could fill in one more time uh you know i always will if i can so here i am and we man you got a lot of you sent me topics like 20 minutes ago and man you got some good ones in here boom so i can't wait to talk about them yeah you know what a, c- a couple of things um you know when i was building this show uh and there's been a lot of xbox news but when you try to build a show normally the way i build it is i will find a particular topic I'll read up on that topic, and then I'll cross-reference it with a few other sources. Now, sometimes those sources are, are my own personal, or others 
or, 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 you know, that you, that you would find on the internet, like, uh, like for instance, comicbook.com or game rant or VGC, you know, these are the sites that I frequent because I like their writing and I, and I like their credibility. Um, and up until the, almost the, the 11th hour, it was a bit of a, you know, trying to put everything together. Um, it was, it was starting to, I, I didn't want an anemic like show. Obviously you tune into this program because we bring bangers each and every, t- every time I go live on the air, because I actually care about the work I'm putting out there. And then I was, uh, got a chance to, uh, check out miles from windows central miles dompierre um he has an incredible xbox podcast that's on saturdays it's actually called uh the xbox chatter days podcast and uh you know obviously the he, he does videos like many people on the internet and he dropped a seven and a half minute video that was unbelievably packed like it, i could not believe how much he packed into it and that's what we that's where i got a lot of my information from especially you know sp- and specifically about the five biggest xbox rumors and we're going to be breaking those down but real quick just to give you guys the heads up uh, i got a chance to talk with miles privately and on may 3rd um he is going to be joining us uh, on primetime gaming. That's right. Miles Pierre from Windows Central is going to come and hang out with us uh, uh, on May the 3rd, which I cannot wait to get him on. And hopefully we'll have some big rumors or maybe even he can drop a nugget or two. And uh, this Monday, if you don't know, uh, Jeffy, Jeffrey Grub Grub, as, uh, as, um, Greg Miller calls him is going to be guest appearing on primetime gaming. And I'm hoping that that big mane of hair brings a lot of Xbox secrets with him. And uh, that's going to be pretty interesting. Now, one other thing before I continue with the introductions, folks, I was looking at the numbers, you know, obviously as a YouTuber, I don't really harp on the numbers, but they are important. And I am 17 subscribers away from 8,000. And I would love nothing more than to do that live on the air. If you are new to this channel, if you've been listening for a while and somehow you're not sub, which is a little bit of a conundrum, help me out, man. Let's get to 8,000 live on the air, but let's continue with the introductions. And of course, we're going to go next to Box of Bear in Quarantine. <laughs> Archimedes, what's up, brother? How you feeling? And a great video earlier this week. Love the information. Uh, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, well, thank you so much, and good evening from Germany. Good evening to the chat. Good evening to Pong VJ Three Bit, who apparently dropped out. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, we had the news that we have to go into quarantine today because my kids had had a positive uh, COVID case in their, their kindergarten. School. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, but. Yeah, they seem to be fine. They don't have any symptoms. Uh, neither does my wife and I. And we all did a rapid test. So um, we are good. But we have to stay in the house for 10 days. So I'm particularly excited to get a little distraction now. Uh, <laughs> just talk about games. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what? First of all, we're glad to hear that the kids are okay. We're glad to hear that you and your wife are well. I mean, obviously, it's a real scary situation. Mrs. Boomstick, myself, and her sister are actually going for our first uh, Pfizer shots on Saturday afternoon. I'm very excited to finally get this done, man. uh, Here in Westchester, New York, it took a lot of time to find one because my wife, again, she's, listen, I'll put it to this way. I say this all the time. My wife is my best half. Uh, and when I don't listen to her, I pay in spades. And I, I originally was going to get 
um, the J&J. Um, and she was not feeling it. And it turns out that uh, it was a good thing because specifically in women, it causes blood clots. And, yeah, I would definitely want to stay away from that. But, uh, you know, again, we're, we're going to get our shots. I'm glad that everyone is doing fine over there. And, you know, obviously now you're you're stuck home for 10 days, uh, Archimedes. Now you get a chance to kind of hang out with the kids and, and hopefully you can get some gaming in, you know, catch up on some of the gaming. But let's continue with the introductions. And uh, next up, this is the man that I look forward to hearing from each and every time he's on. Only because, well, not only because, first of all, he's a proper gentleman. He drinks the proper tea, according to him, and he likes a biscuit or two and has the biggest brain on the panel. Please welcome. Welcome, VJ. What's up, brother? Good morning, Boom uh, panel and chat. Um, and I just want to echo what uh, Pong Sol said. Yeah, the topics were fantastic, and you can see the considerable, considerable amount of hard work that's gone into preparing those. So um, on, on that note, I'm really looking forward to today's show. Well, I'm glad that you're here, brother. And uh, speak of the devil, and he's not. He's certainly not because he's a PlayStation guy. Mr. Badbit received his second Mm -hmm. shot. Hopefully you are feeling okay to be here. And um, listen, love what you guys are doing over. And, of course, I say you guys. I'm talking about you and your best friend, Kyle, on your incredible PlayStation uh, podcast known as The Trophy Room. Welcome to today's show, Joe. We have a big show and Mm -hmm. lots of big topics. Uh, Can you hear me all good? Oh, we hear you just fine. All right, good, because I have the RTX on. There's cars going on in the background. I really, do, I need to get my AC going because I can't rely on, on the weather. Anyway, I'm doing fantastic. I got my second shot, the 5G reception through the roof. I'm just loving life right now. Okay. I feel so relieved. It's good. I'm feeling great. More so. I'm getting Aloy in a Fortnite today. Yes. I'm getting the Sea of Thieves uh, Plunder Pass update. And and Outriders, it looks like it's getting this shit together. It, it's, it fixed the wipe uh, a little bit too late for Cognito, but just oh, in time I for know, me. Oh, I know, man. So. Devastating. Yeah, I, I felt bad for him. He he, he, I, he showed a picture. I, I My heart sunk because yeah. there's nothing worse than having you know, 50, 60, 70 hours into a game you really like and then something mm-hmm. like that happening and it's it's just awful. So I'm glad yeah. they were able to fix it. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm pumped too because I got a level 28 or 27 Pyromancer that I finally re- like, okay, this is this is the class for me. Uh, and I got like this awesome, awesome uh, light machine gun that like is fantastic so it's like i never run out of ammo i have like all the, i i have the spec i have the armor right i don't want to lose it <laughs> so, <laughs> you play as, a, as a pyromancer yeah yeah that's yeah. what i'm using there, as well there's as a we... trick how you get infinite ammo without having to reload ever um, oh. you you can yeah. dm me i'll explain it to you oh yes please do because i love i love i i i don't I, I love using guns that have 80 rounds or more the 30 yeah. ones i don't care what the specs are i don't use it because you know i like yeah. a lot of bullets yeah i yeah ability these ash uh ash yeah. bullets or what they are called um and and there's a combination of of mods you can use, and then basically whenever you drop below thirty percent in your magazine, it automatically reloads, and you never. Oh, stop I'm gonna I'm gonna have to check that that build. That's that yeah. definitely sounds dope for sure. But listen, folks, this is um, we do, we do have three bit. He was here momentarily. He dropped out. I'm not exactly sure why. But he had we should an emergency get, or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we'll we'll uh, we'll definitely get him back on in a second. But listen. 
I want to get right to the show uh, and why you folks have uh, tuned in today. And I want to open up with some news that's really not surprising. And, and you know, I, I, I don't like harping on bad news. This is a positive podcast, but we have to go with the information that's in front of us. So for story or topic number one, I want to go right into uh, this particular one, but I have to catch up on a few of the Super Chats. And we have a new channel member that came. Uh, I'm uh, easy as a new channel member well i'm easy well thank you so much for becoming a channel member he is welcome here comes the boom thank you for that and we have arn comparo uh comparo uh he drops um a very generous ten dollars super chat arn thank you so much for that he says great interview last night boom we need lots more of those from you and the oh i'm sorry here we go and the let me see i'm sorry about that and the rest of the xbox community indies are also Indies of all sorts need support, not just the bangers. Hey, listen, Arn, I got to tell you, brother, I I would, I like, you ever get a secret that you just want to explode and tell the world? That is mm-hmm. what I'm sitting on right now, and I have two of them. And I'm going to tell you this right now. All I can say is that one interview is a multi-plat, but it's probably going to be one of the biggest multi-plats for the indie community this year. The second one is an Xbox exclusive indie and like the first one is potentially going to be one of the biggest releases this year. I I have already got confirmation I'm going to sit down with them. I'm just trying to get doing not trying to work out the details, but when I can tell you I'm going to tell you, and trust me, I think everyone that follows me is going to appreciate this interview. It is massive for my career in YouTube. I cannot wait to share that with everyone. But let's get into the new information that comes to us the way of WCCF Tech, who was reporting on a story, a very interesting story that came to us from Game Industry Biz, uh, GameIndustry.biz, I should say, where one of its prominent journalists says xbox's perfect dark fable and fable are still so far away and also in this conversation was rares ever wild not in this uh, so, so we're gonna we're gonna break down exactly how far away and what it means uh you know it, you know in the long run now being a sensible xbox gamer who often looks at the big picture i'm honestly not really surprised by the news in fact considering that playground games just announced fable and and from what i understand and from a few people i spoke to have only been working on the project for about two and a half years um Adding an additional, let's say, two more years of dev time is not something that I'm going to get upset about because, listen, the, the bottom line is when you look at what PlayStation is doing on their side with their first party, their games do not come out in two years or even three years. They're usually four and five years you know, respectively, and when they finally come out, what you're getting are AAA bangers, and we all want that for Xbox. So I'm in no rush to see Fable. I want the game when it's done. I want it to be a 90 meta. I want people to buy Xbox consoles because of it, and I want to cheer on, uh, you know, this developer bringing back a franchise that I absolutely love. Now, with the quadruple-A behemoth known as The Initiative, who was formed and headed by Drew Murray, of course, who stepped down recently as, as the head of the studio. Perfect Dark, as we know, is playable, but I'd expect that we won't see this on our Xbox Series X and S until 
probably holiday 2023. Now, considering everyone is waiting for these exclusive Xbox bangers, do we really want these new slash old titles rush? My answer is absolutely not. But here is what Christopher Dring of GameIndustry.biz had to say on the subject matter. And I'm going to read it directly quoted. Xbox has a lot of amazing studios, and these games are coming, but I have had a few conversations with friends at Xbox Game Studios, and those games that they announced, Everwild, Perfect Dark, and Fable, are so far away. As in, they might even be in a new Xbox by the time these games came out. Now, he said that jokingly, FYI. Um, there are, uh, He says they are so far away, and when you look at what they're doing with Hideo Kojima, stuff you wonder if they're signing third parties in the moment because they don't have a big first-party lineup of exclusives to deliver. Now, uh, to corroborate this, folks, uh, industry insider um, um, Clobrio, uh, who, who we've talked about on this program numerous times, was asked about his opinion about the release of these titles, after which the insider said this, that he predicts that Everwild will release in 2022, whereas Fable will be released in 2023 and perfect dark may also bookend that year in 2023. So I'm thinking, and this actually, this is, this is like almost pulling a Nintendo because if you remember when the switch released in March, I believe it was 2017, they released with breath of the wild that holiday season. They closed out the first year of the switch with the new Mario game. And I'm talking about bookends. So, it makes sense to me, and it's and again, it's it 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 kind of fits in my personal timeline, which of course I could be a thousand percent wrong. But if you open up twenty twenty three with Fable and close with Perfect Dark, or vice versa, my God, that would be one heck of a year. But I want to go to our esteemed guest first, Pong Soul. Are you disappointed with this news, or are is this something that you would have had expected, considering when you factor in the COVID situation that is still not only plaguing the world but the game development community? Uh, yeah, I'm not disappointed in any way, shape, or form because I believe uh, in my heart that they have a plan for a proper release schedule when it comes to these games. And obviously, I'm in the boat that says you don't put out a game um, until it's finished, right? I I think we've learned our lessons plenty of times uh, throughout all the decades about what it means to release an unfinished game. And so if these devs need this much time uh, to get it right, then so be it. That's fine. I look at what we've got coming and what we've got going on um, as the golden age of gaming. And I think we have so much content coming out. I am so, I mean, again, I'm not even going to call it a backlog anymore because I just know that I'm not going to get to a lot of it um, <laughs> at just, this point. You know what? It, it's funny. It, it's funny, Pong, that yep. you say that because if you remember, the running joke was Xbox has no yeah. games and yeah. now Xbox has too many games. Right, exactly. And again, I'm not I'm not the type of gamer and everybody's different, but I'm not the gamer that you know only plays the AAA first party games or the yes. exclusives. I play mm -hmm. everything. So yeah. for me... I, we're, we're we're in an incredible time period that is just getting better and better. You know, the more shows that they have, I, I can't believe it. So, no, I'm not disappointed. And, you know, some of the stuff that they talked about um, when I first heard it, I, I, 
I'm a little skeptical still about the information about whether, you know, how true it is, how far some of these games are coming out. Now, as far as let's, let's pick out specifically, let, let's talk about like maybe avowed and fable. Okay. So you got open world RPGs. Let's go under the assumption that Starfield still releases this year with an open world RPG. You're going to want to, you're not going to want to have too many close together right because those are games that need uh breathing room those are games that people are going to engage with with you know for the most part hundreds of hours when you're talking about large games like elder scrolls fable what we're assuming fable is going to be uh you know avowed so if you got starfield this year then let's say avowed's ready next year it would make sense that fables 2023 yeah. Um, so from that st- and then Elder Scrolls, you know, 2024, maybe 2025, depending you on spring, you know, are. you sprinkle in a new Wolfenstein yeah. in there, you that's, know, that's what I'm talking about. Then you got all this other stuff in there. Right. But, but as far as the open world RPGs, you're definitely gonna want them spaced out. So it would make sense that they would plan to have those come out on a regular, you know, one per year kind of basis instead of trying to, you know, hit two in one year, which is a lot for people, especially like myself that like to sink so much time into them. Um, sorry, my dogs decided to start playing with her toy right now. Um, anyways, um, so yeah, no, I'm not disappointed in any way, shape or form. Uh, I do believe that they have to be given the time to get these games, right? No more rush stuff. There's no reason to, when you've got 35 teams now, uh, working on things, there's no reason to rush. That's, that's the flexibility. This whole, you know, what, everything that Microsoft and Xbox has done with all these acquisitions now gives them the flexibility to move games around as necessary. So if a dev isn't ready, then that's okay. Then they can slot in another game that is ready and they can do stuff like that. And they can be very flexible with what they're doing going forward. And so I believe that's exactly what we're going to see here. And I think things, timelines and that kind of stuff, let's say, let's say a dev team's doing really good from home, you know, and, and they, they are ahead of schedule microsoft xbox phil and his team are going to be able to look at that and say okay so this game needs more polish time this team is is a little bit behind but this team is ahead of the curve you know let's push this game here let's move the other game out a little bit further so you know i think this is going to be a fluid situation i don't think that we're necessarily going to um you know have strict deadlines for these games or or release points uh until we get very close uh kind of like a you know kind of like a todd howard special right you know announce and then four months later it's out i think we're going to start seeing more of that where where these games line up and microsoft and xbox know that it's ready to rock and roll that's when we're going to see it and then it's going to be a short time after that it's a release point yeah, uh, I I agree. Uh, you've you've mentioned that uh, many times before that uh, uh, Xbox is actually kind of getting uh, problems with handling all those releases because yep. you can't plan out all the releases no. um, for years ahead. There will be shorter delays. I'm talking like one two months, yeah. but suddenly you got an overlay with the next game right. when you have a, a, a game or a major release coming every other month or every th- third month. Um, that's that's just yeah, yeah. eventually going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and and sorry for that. I I wind up hitting the wrong button and I kick myself out of the show, <laughs> the show live on the air, which is pretty ridiculous I considering I, I'm a I'm a professional. Uh, Boom! But, uh, the rookie sensation. I how you like them apples, right? After a thousand podcasts, I can't figure it out. Yeah, no, it's terrible. But uh, no, I th- I think you guys think, I think you're onto something with that. I think that uh, Pong is uh right on point. I mean. 
it's great to say you have uh, you know 10 games ready but do you really want these big tent pole games falling over each other right. you don't you yeah. you really don't and i think that yeah. uh, again pong is onto something when he says he believes that microsoft is they know the schedule. They know what they're doing. They know the timeline. I mean, even if you like, let's say again, if if twenty twenty three turns out to be where you get a bookends like a fable and a perfect dark at the beginning of the year and to close out the end of the year, that that's a monster year. Uh, if that's all you have, but with everything that they're doing, the thirty five plus teams plus. You know, there's acquisitions going on. And again, when we get to the rumors, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that is going on with other triple A games that are going to be that are not being made by Microsoft, but are going to be published by Microsoft as first party. And I think they're doing that to pick up or give these teams time to finish their big tent pole games. A great, great point. Archimedes, let's get your opinion on this. For yeah. you as someone that has, you know, you and I are on the same page with this. I, 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 I The word disappointment would be overstated, I think. I mean, sure, do we all want to play Fable? Yes. Do we all want to play Perfect Dark? 100%. Of but we also want these games to be done right. We want them to come out flawless. And when you have time, when you have the funding, when you have the manpower, and now that we know that Microsoft, these teams are working with each other when they hit a, uh, you know, hit a wall, taking the time to make these games perfect. Now that they have to do that, is this something you expected? Is this, is this story surprising to you? Like, yeah, I kind of figured that already. (laughs) Um, let me uh, before I answer that. Let me back up a little bit uh, first. I before th- this news went through every major website. Basically, um, I've never heard from that insider before, so I have no idea how legit he is. Uh, not taking away doesn't mean anything, but just because I don't know the guy. Um, the thing is, I don't believe it. Um, he the way he phrased it is that it is way way uh, out, and and it might. Fable might even come out on a, on the next Xbox. Yeah. Well, he he actually said that jokingly. I I I yeah, I, yeah. I I, I, I want to just make sure that that's known. Yeah, yeah. Um, th- but the thing here is, and um, I I have no idea when Fable or Perfect Dark is coming out. But let's look at at some facts. We had the first very first rumor for Fable in January 2017. Yes, that is correct. Yep. So, um that's now more than 4 years, 4 years and 3 months. I know that um they didn't have Fable in full production in in January 2017. That was an early stage. They probably prototyped uh, a lot of things and and played around with ideas. But the game is not in super early development at this stage because everybody's always saying, oh, just because they have a lot of job openings, um, the game must be in a super early state. I I don't think that. Um, I don't think it's a a 21 or 22 game. If Probably if COVID didn't happen, it could have been a 22 game. That is what I'm saying because we now all have to take out basically one year of development. Yeah, I agree. That's a a fantastic point. Yep. For every game. So that's um, why Fable could also be definitely a 23 game. I I doubt that it will be longer than 23, to be honest. Because let's face it, um, then the game would be 
seven years or something like that in development. <laughs> and as as we always say, yeah, let's give the developers time. And, and I'm absolutely behind that. And I'm glad that Microsoft is now doing that. They are giving the developers time. But even ha having like five years is a really long time for a game. And eventually it is. Yeah. Um, a game and, and the studio and the organization has to be profitable. You, you won't be able to run a profitable organization if you only put out a game like every seven years or something like that yeah so that is is also something we should consider the only guys that can do that is rockstar yeah <laughs> because they have a gta 5 selling for 10 years uh, in, in the top five but if you don't have that kind of game um you, it will eventually come down to the question is it still profitable um and uh, this is this is one part and microsoft is definitely giving them the benefit of not having to worry too much about that. Yeah, it's not um, like they need no. Oh, if we don't bring out or release out our game after two or three years, um, we we don't have the money or the funding to pay the bills anymore or the salaries or whatever. Yeah, they are not under that kind of pressure. But eventually, Microsoft will also look at the numbers, of course. So yeah, um, having seven plus years in development, I highly doubt that. That's what all of is uh, is what I'm saying. They probably. Had had in mind something like twenty two would what would have given them like seven, five five and a half years of development time. Now with COVID, they probably get an extra year. Yeah, so let's say twenty three. That's just what I figured. The same goes by the way for Perfect Dark. They have that studio up and running uh, since twenty eighteen. Uh, yes, um, and that means um, twenty three five years of development time. Again, people, that is a long time for for a game. Yeah. Um, the top quality games have five years in development time. And, and so I, I don't think it is this far away. Um, COVID definitely left its, 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 um, its marks and, and we see a lot of delays happening and we won't get many of the big AAA releases that were originally planned this uh, for this year, this actually this year. Yeah. So I still think Far Cry 6, for instance, will be moved. And so, um, but uh, yeah, Let's let's keep it realistic here. Uh, eventually, they have to bring out, out those games um, because, like six, seven, eight years in development is just too long. This is just too long. I mean, and listen, in, I, I I agree with you there. I, I absolutely agree. I think that you know, again, if you if you want to go one to one, PlayStation's games so through their first parties usually run about five years. Sometimes yeah. they grow a little bit longer. If, if if what he's saying, because he's because Clobriel thinks it's 2023, like yourself, yeah, and I think it's 2023 because I don't think it's next year. I think that they they have stuff for next year. I just don't think it's those two. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, like Pong said earlier, yeah. Um, in the meantime, we get these big uh, bangers um, in, in on a regular basis because they have so much aligned. We know about Halo definitely coming this year. Yeah, they are not delaying that anymore. Then uh, Hellblade Two, Wolfenstein, Starfield. Um, although, and then we have State of Decay. We have maybe a compulsion game yeah we we don't know yet um there's mm -hmm. a lot of unannounced stuff um then of course we have the bethesda studios there is also the possibility of one or two games that we don't know yet uh and in addition to that they have the third party deals um coming that we all heard about and they have these 
probably um, third-party releases that are not exclusive, but launch day and date into Game Pass, um, just like, for instance, Outriders did, yeah? Stuff yeah. like that. But even if, if you take that out, we have for the next one and a half years until we are um, 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 starting then with uh, 23, yeah, we have like six, seven games, big games coming. Well, I mean, again, if you, if, you, if you look at what's, yeah, again, yeah, that's a great point because yeah. if you look at what I'm thinking is going to happen for 2021, this particular year, I think, and I've said this before, and if they can pull this off, if they can, if, if what I'm saying comes to fruition on top of the uh, indie scene that is really going to ignite fire on the Xbox gamers this year with Scorn and The Ascent and a second extinction and, and and 12 minutes and so many of these other ones that we've been waiting for if you could sprinkle in those those indie bangers because that's what they all are uh you and you get uh you know a Forza Horizon 5 in September you get a Starfield in October and the confirmed Halo in November wow talk about a year for Xbox yeah, 100%. And that just continues next year, yeah? Yeah. You only need, like, four or five big, only in, in quotation marks, yeah, four four big <laughs> games, and everyone would consider the year a success. Well, and yeah, we know that get, Microsoft I mean, that'd be has every... actually a lot more aligned, so they, they can't yes. even afford those delays. Yeah, it's it's not that, that we are going to run out of, of games to play um, once that, that uh, release train is starting to come in, yeah? No, absolutely. You know what? Real quick, uh, before I bring Joe to the conversation, because he's the ne he's the reason why I'm going to bring him next, uh, is because of his uh, personal knowledge of how Sony de develops their games. Mm -hmm. I have to catch up on some of these super chats, Joe. They're in they're, in they're incredible. First of all, I am easy who dropped uh, who became a channel member drops an outstanding and, and wow, a very generous twenty dollar super chat and says PlayStation owner since PSP days, but this gen I'm on Xbox. They converted me to Xbox with my Series X, and I'm Ooh. looking to get my second one. From all the rumors and the moves that the, uh, and the value proposition with Game Pass, Xbox future looking bright. And again, that's a that's a PlayStation person that used to play exclusively over there. And I think, mm -hmm. listen, I think that you're going to see more of that. But I also think you're going to see dual consoles because both are going to deliver experiences that I think gamers are gonna want to play that's that simple um good friend of the show sin vendetta hey dude long time no time brother glad to see you in the chat thank you for your generosity he drops an outstanding five dollars super chat says boom you were hinting at that you got an exclusive interview uh with <laughs> oh my god hadaki uh mazaki uh, of uh, and about Elden Ring being the actual real game, dude. Let me tell you something. I don't know if I, it, 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 I don't even think IGN could land an interview like that. But if I <laughs> did, believe you me, I'm not keeping that a secret for sure. Uh, Jimbo Jangles, I love the name, brother. Thanks for being here. He drops an outstanding five dollars super chat. Says, "Happy Thursday, crew. Boom. You got to get Snowbike Mike on sometimes. I need to see if it's possible." To OD on positivity, have a killer day. Yeah, you know what? I, I've actually reached out to him. Again, he's very busy. I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to get him on. I'm, I'm working the rounds, folks. I got Jeff Grubb uh, coming Monday. Um, obviously, I have Miles from Windows Central coming on May 3rd. I have a few other ones I'm working on behind the scenes. As soon as I can get confirmations from some of the industry folks that we all love and respect. Uh, but Snowbike would be 
uh, great. I mean, again, I'm a big fan of kind of uh, kind of funny. I've said that, you know, I, I I understand that some people don't like them, but I like Greg because he's a self-made man and I like the crew over there. Um, but let me continue with the super chats because, my God, there's been quite a few of them. Um, let's see. We got I am bear nine 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 drops a very generous five dollars super chat and says I've spent zero dollars since Xbox Series XS launch. I live in Game Pass now. King would be proud of you. He says first, second and third doesn't matter anymore. What, just what's coming next? Sec, uh, two and three bangers a year won't help Sony. I mean, I think it's going to help them continue, you know, in it being the conversation because if Sony does what they did in 2018 or 2017, 2018, 2019, no, 2018, 2019, 2020, if they can have those kind of years, um, I don't think that's this year. Uh, I think COVID is really going to hurt them in regards to if we're getting, I don't even think we're getting Horizon, and I cannot wait for that game. I think that falls to March, and next year is going to be a big year for them. I think you get God of War next year. I think you obviously you get Horizon in March, and then whatever else they have cooking. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be a great time for gamers. Let me just say that. And Paul Grant, generous friend of the show, he drops a very generous $20 super chat and says, great interview with Second Extinction devs yesterday. Oh, thanks, dude. Super appreciate that. Boom. I'm so stoked for it. I, I'm... Uh, everyone check out yesterday's interview if you haven't already and destroy that like button for boom. Oh, dude, thanks so much for the compliment and thank you for helping promote that. That was a big, that's a big get for me uh, because um, you don't, you know, again, they're an indie studio. I'm an indie YouTuber and to get a chance to work to, uh, with uh, with those folks yesterday was a big deal for me because I think that Second Extinction is uh, going to play an important part, not only in Game Pass, but I think that it's the kind of game that because it's three-player co-op, it's because you're like, and this is coming directly from um, Simon, who said that, said this live on the air, he likes shooting dinosaurs in the face, and who really doesn't? Who doesn't like shooting dinosaurs in the face? And we're going to get that on the 28th of April, folks. That's right. It's coming to Game Pass, and you can play that game, and it's coming into preview. It's not a full launch. You know, they're going to be adding to the game and taking, you know, feedback from the community, but I cannot wait to play that for sure. And uh, I'm easy. Wow. He drops an additional $10 Super Chat and says, for Xbox to get third-party games day one like battlefield six i'm more ha more than happy even if it's first party games don't come out uh out game pass uh revenue if you do the calculations it's 20 million a month uh that a production cost wow yeah you know what the numbers on what they're getting right now and again folks i i think that as we get close to the e3 i think they make the announcement there at 25 million i i'm, I'm trying to get the exact number but it's hard um straight edge Drops a very generous $2 super chat and says, hashtag bring, bring Sean Layden to Team Xbox. I think you're going to get that bring him back to Sony, to be honest with you, because I love Sean Layden. I think he's a, wow, man, I, I loved his energy. I, I'm a big fan of Sean's. Um, Dan Lazaro drops a very generous $5 super chat and says, I don't think Xbox Studios devs would tell anyone uh, development timelines unless it came from the top the interview felt like a hit piece and bs i mean listen you, you're not wrong i mean a hit piece i don't know i i, I like game industry that business i've never seen them go for the juggler i just yeah. think that he, it's his opinion maybe he has connections 
And hopefully he's not lying because he'll never talk to Microsoft again if, in fact, it is false. Z Black Rider, good friend and generous friend of the show, he drops an outstanding $10 super chat says, Phil, already doing a deal with Musk. Mars 2030 Game Pass exclusive. <laughs> Love it. That's great. <laughs> and uh, another, wow, another big uh, banger. Black Eyed Dog, generous friend of the show. He drops an outstanding $10 Super Chat and says, My friend who has only ever owned PlayStation has just sold his PlayStation 5. He told me he has never been so unexcited at launch of a console in his life. Uh, wow. I mean, again, that's that's saying something. But, Joe, I yeah. got to go to you. You are on loan from PlayStation Nation. Mm-hmm. The delegation has sent me a bill and let them know the check <laughs> is in the mail. Yeah. Look, uh, when you look at what Sony does, mm-hmm. they're, 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 they're pretty uh, uh, by the book. Uh, the game comes out when it's done. And when it yeah. comes out, it's a masterpiece. Uh, and mm-hmm. all you have to do is look. Now, again, I did not like I fell out of love with Last of Us 2, but there was so sure. much that was I loved about the game because of its uh, its graphics and its, its crafting system and the violence. And so it's a masterpiece for many, just not as high for me. Like, for instance, Ghost of Tsushima, one of my favorites of the, of, of the of the gen. Another one, Horizon, Aloy, one of my favorite new PlayStation exclusive characters. I love her. I love her story. So you see where I'm going with this. These yeah. games, they take time. Sometimes mm-hmm. they take five years. Sometimes they take six years. But when they come out, they're bangers. What, do you, what are your thoughts on this story from GameIndustry.biz? Is, 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 should people be upset about this? Or should people just be like, you know what? We're playing a lot of games. I'll get these games when they're done. Um, yeah, so I know Christopher Dring and Game Industry. It's not a hit piece. Their website is special in a way that it doesn't, it's not it like an IGN. Sides. Yes, yeah. it doesn't take sides. It's not a, like a Kotaku or IGN or whatever. Their audience is actually industry folks. So they're in, they're, their target audience usually isn't even us. It's the people who are reading it are are, are your Phil Spencers and, and such. So no, not a hit piece. Chris knows what he's doing and that site is genuinely i think one of the most informative sites out there well they definitely Um, have their p's and q's in order at least in my opinion since i've been using them as a source yeah vgc is one that um i know they're they're kind of like up and coming i I have followed them i like them a lot they're good they're good video game chronicles if you don't know check them out man they're good they write they have good writers there so i don't know why christopher dring would bullshit yeah i think from what his sources have told him those games are probably out there uh perfect and i think when he's talking like you know these games are really far out i think he's really talking about perfect dark because you literally had to make the studio from the ground up so yeah i think 2023 sounds all right with me at the same exact time you know, you have Bethesda out there cranking out games for you. You know, a lot of people take this news as it's somehow negative. I don't perceive that as negative. Me either. One bit. Yeah. Microsoft. It, look, if this is the case, it's not like 
hit piece, no. If this is the case, it's literally saying that Microsoft is saying to you as a customer that, hey, we want our products to be so good and ready when they come out. What is the major problem with Xbox last generation in terms of some of their games have come out, like Sea of Thieves or, or State of Decay, and the, the common thread is they're half-baked when they come out, and they take years to, to fill yeah. that game with content. Yeah. I love Sea of Thieves. It's one of my favorite games this generation, one of the most played games this generation for me. And at, at day one, I oof, it was it was rough. So if Microsoft says, hey, these games take a little bit extra time, for sure. That's that's awesome. Now it doesn't mean these games are gonna be good. Now Days Gone was in development for nine years. Okay. Yeah. That game did not it was not a masterpiece. It did not set the world on fire. So just because the games longer in development doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be good but it does mean that these studios and the heads that are heading them actually give a shit if the product is good so this is this is good news and again you're you have now you know 30 plus studios you have bethesda alongside you you know bethesda alone cranks out about what two to three big titles every single year. And if you're Microsoft, you really want them to pinch that turd out and finish up, uh, uh, you know, Deathloop, finish up Tokyo uh, so that you can make those studios focus on your brand afterwards. So honestly, I think Microsoft's in a great position. And yes, that's why you're seeing these third-party deals in development or them signing so many second-party studios as well. well I mean, Joe, is, 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 is it safe to if it's is it safe to say that they pulled a Sony? Because yeah. uh, Sony did this very well throughout the PlayStation 4 generation with those second-party deals that were considered exclusive because you could not play them on an, yeah. uh, on, a, on an Xbox. And it looks like Microsoft is really and literally taking a page right out of Sony's book and yeah. is doing these moves to give these teams the time. Exactly. And that's why you see things like Forspoken or Final Fantasy 16 locked uh, time exclusive uh, on Sony's platforms. These deals do help you build that portfolio while you're building your first uh, party game. So, yeah, no, I, I think it, I think these deals are definitely, definitely important. And it's awesome to see uh, that Microsoft has gotten so much good publicity over the past few weeks it's it's exciting to see it's exciting to be an xbox fan it's exciting to know what's out there uh, over the horizon for you guys it's good this is this is this is good, good stuff. time for gamers bro good time exactly. for gamers and, and at the same exact time you're going to continue to see microsoft again not just make second party deals and make exclusive games like a kojima game or whatever but the more exciting thing is they're going to pay for triple a games to get on this platform day and day on Game Pass, which I think does way more than any type of marketing for anything. So, yeah, this is um, this is a good get for Microsoft or, or, or a good decision if if it is true. And again, people got to understand: just because a few games are delayed, it doesn't mean the rest of them are, you know, whatever. It doesn't mean the pipeline is fudged up. <laughs> Right. Rona is a thing. It's yeah. happening. It's Still a thing. Everybody. Still yeah. a thing. And honest to goodness, you don't need a huge like 
let's talk about like because uh, one person's like the, the lack of excitement. Let's talk about this year, right? Like theoretically, all we have to really look forward to is Halo Infinite, and if you're on PlayStation Horizon Zero Dawn, right? right? Like for the big temple, only could get them on that on that you know platform. The first year genuinely is dry. We saw it last generation. Last generation was a lot worse than this in the first year. A lot of those games were coming out, and a lot of them were just fucking duds. Um, and these consoles are still flying off the shelves, right? Mm-hmm. If you're Xbox, you can't sell enough of them. If you're PlayStation, you can't make enough of them. Your games are still selling, uh, or, or your 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 platforms are still selling extremely well. So it's really in the year two where we get to see the bigger games. And then year three is where you get to see the true vision of that next generation. You know, remember that launches are for the hardcore. They're not for the faint of heart. Mm -hmm. So to me, I, I think seeing Fable delayed three years from now just proves that, listen, when Fable comes out, it's going to be a next gen, what we feel, what we thought, what we were sold on, a next gen experience to be, that is not bad news whatsoever. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, no, I, yeah, no, no. You, you make fantastic points as always. And of course, we love the opinion coming from someone mm-hmm. that is, represents PlayStation as well as you do. And, and, and makes, and it does make a lot of sense. <laughs> VJ. We got to get you in on this, brother, and I hope that you have been taking notes. I hope that yeah. your your brain is tuned up with a nice cup of tea to ready to <laughs> rock and roll. Listen, you you you've heard what everyone said, but you <clears throat> always find a way to elaborate in a way that makes us love having you on this show. Yeah. For seeing seeing what has transpired with this article, you know you're getting a lot of mixed bags, and I say that because you're getting people that are like, "Oh my God, you see no games," and you're getting people like us that are sensible, like, "Well, wait." Wait a second. There are plenty of games coming out, and is it? Oh, it, do we want a rushed fable? Do we want a rushed perfect dark? The answer is a well, hell no. We don't want that. So obviously, you give the teams the time. You let them make the game when the way they want to make it, and when it's a triple A banger, it's going to be released. What What are your thoughts on the report? Um, I mean, you're always going to have those fans out there. Boom, you know that want to have like a consistent flow of uh, wet dreams, shall we say. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that's their fix. But I am surprised if anyone who listens to uh, this show on a regular basis is, is shocked by the fact that these games are somewhat um, a ways off in the future. Um, In terms of what's been revealed and uh, let's just focus on what was it? Everwild, Fable, Perfect Dark, and perhaps Hellblade, albeit that was shown some somewhat 15 months ago. Um, these videos are part of an internal green light and or pre-production stage that uh, they are used to communicate and illustrate to the whole team and all the stakeholders outside of the studio, as well as inside the studio, what the goal and objective is. So everyone's got a clear vision. Everyone's on the same page. Everyone knows what to expect and so on and so forth to avoid issues further down the development chain. So I think I have to kind of, I've taken some of my talking points actually from uh, Box and Bear. I hope I've got that right. Um, yeah, you didn't call him Box. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't, good, good job. Good job, brother. <laughs> so so I, I have to go to the horse's mouth uh, in this instance. And uh, the guy was lambasted. And, uh, and I don't know why. It's because there's obviously a lot of people out there that don't have intelligence or integrity. But Phil clearly said many times, 2022 is when we will begin to see the fruits of many of an internal studio's labor. 
Yes, he sure did. Great point. And and so what has changed? Has Phil changed that narrative? No, he hasn't. And he was right to say so. And, uh, And a lot of people were irked by that comment. And, and, and I say about the internal studios, and, and, and I think what the point that we're discussing here is are we, are we, we are hoping, I guess, that, the, that what he shows or what's released around that time, whether it's the beginning of the year or the end of the year, that those showcases are prestigious ones, ones that are being afforded significant budget, budgets, resources, and time. These studios, and I think we've talked about this. I'm not going to labour on the point. These studios, at the moment, we're at the beginning of um, the uh, the generation, right? We've had this cross generation period where games are coming across on, on on two different formats, on the old generation and this generation. But these studios um, that are working on, as you say, bangers, if you can call them that. Yeah, um, that's what the kids are calling them, bangers. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> So, so in order to okay, so if you want a banger, these studios are stripping down and rebuilding technology, or are predominantly, from what we can piece together, are studios that are working on Unreal Engine four while waiting for UE five to be completed, debugged, and released, so they can transition over. And everything that we're talking about, and everything that I've said there, from a really from a macro perspective, is difficult, right? However, um, what I will say, and takes time, I would say, but however, what I would like to add to that, and uh, is that E3 is fast approaching and surely it's an opportunity to provide us all an updated roadmap of sorts, right? And a kind of a commercial break in 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 the in the generation, right? To sort of update us on what's going on. The sort of the sort of roadmap I think we were discussing uh, towards the end of last year on this show, right? Where you know we get to see some more work in progress, screenshots and so on and so forth, uh, like a developer blog share. And um, and and that I think would be really 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 helpful. And we've seen that in terms of what they've been doing with Halo, right? That's the one that they focused on doing so right earlier in this and towards right at the end of last year. And I think other than that, both Sony, Nintendo, uh, and 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 Xbox, Nintendo especially, given the indie game show just a couple of days ago, are all pretty tight lipped in fully letting us in on their sort of future pr- plans and promise to us, and perhaps rightly so, right? Um, there's a lot of unknown factors going uh, going forward. There's a lot of competition. Each company is working on different strategies that I don't think have fully come to bear or that we're fully aware of. And that's fine because that's what we're here for, to dissect news as and when it uh, shows itself, right? But what you can't deny is Phil so far has not said anything that I can question. And he's being fair and square in his communication. But so many, and I find this on in an irritating level almost, and I, it does take me quite a bit to get me riled up, but so many are unable to listen and digest what the guy has to say with any sort of integrity without skewing what he says. And as I've said many times, uh, Boom, um, a solid foundation has been laid uh, down uh, for, for the Xbox division this time around, whether you want to see it or you don't want to see it, you've got your head in the sand or you're just not a fan. But if you're looking at it from a business perspective, the hardware, A, the hardware, uh, B uh, with Game Pass in tow, C with the internal studio acquisitions uh, and the output of content that that Xbox now possess. And uh, truthfully speaking, um, that all said and done, the hard work's only just beginning, in my opinion. Right, the most important components now moving forward is consistency in terms of increase in quantity and quality of titles over the next five to six years, not just for Xbox and and uh, Phil's ambition. That goes for all platform holders and publishers and independent studios out there. Look, just just in sort of on a, on a final note, it's not 
I want to take even a bigger step back from the games industry. It's not strange to me that as a society, we are we are consumer programmed. We all look at or defer to future promise uh, on a constant basis. I do it, you know, in, in, in certain aspects of my life. But it makes us feel new and brighter. Something new and brighter is on the horizon. And it's it's a future promise for us to hold on to. We we live in hope in, in, in some degrees. And and it shouldn't really always be like that from my perspective. Future, future promising in all aspects of life has become sort of a daily fix. But coming back to earth and putting aside the twilight zone uh, part of my mind aside, for, <laughs> for, me, for me personally, especially via Game Pass, I have plenty to play and engage with. And that's going something back to what Pong Sao was saying um, about an hour ago. <laughs> so, but then, and then I, I kind of tried to look at things that are more imminent and you know, I have my sort of um, my inward-looking eye on a more selfish level, I guess, on Mass Effect Legendary Edition, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Persona, perhaps just are around the corner. Yeah. But whatever happens or does not happen, one thing is true, and and everyone can agree on, is that we have to let nature run its course. Yeah, no, I mean that's a fantastic point, and obviously, again, I want to stress, yes. Do we want a vow? Do we want fable? Do we want, uh, you know, the next Elder Scrolls and, you know, Fallout 5 and all of these games? Yes, of course we do. And we're going to get them. We just have to be patient and wait for them. Real quick, before I get to the next topic, and this the next topic is big. First of all, this is what, what a way to open up the show. Almost an hour in, and we only hit the first topic, folks. We have a great uh, second half of the show planned for you. So, so strap in. It's going to be a good one. Question mark in the chat love the name drops a five dollar super chat and says i have to ask nothing against xbox but i am still waiting on fable but if we didn't have this pandemic would xbox be in the position they're in you know what no i don't think that they would be but i don't think you would get fable this year and the reason why i suggest such a thing is because their big one for this year is uh halo infinite halo infinite's delay was potentially because of covid and should have technically released so maybe but if i were kind of a betting dude and i really don't like to gamble i would have said it without a pandemic you get fable in 2022 but again I, i'm not a developer so i have no idea that's just my my you know uh you know monday morning quarterback uh you know uh, opinion but I, you know again maybe I'm, I'm not sure but thanks for the super chat dude super appreciate the question symphonics x initiative drops a very generous three dollar super chat and says is ratchet and clank this year yeah i think it's in a may in june 11th june, june, june 11th okay so there you go it's coming out in june right before e3 that's actually quite smart so it's literally right before e3 it's that's crazy yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's good. I can't wait. I, I'm very, I love Ratchet and Clank, but you know what, what? Secretly, as much as I love shooters and FPS games and open world RPGs and all that other jazz, I'm a big old nerd for a good platformer, which is why I keep banging this drum for a new Banjo Kazooie. Maybe Phil Spencer will wear that shirt this, this uh, E3 and make me a very happy person. Real quick, we have 530 people here, man. That is freaking awesome. And if you're new, welcome to the program. Hopefully you are enjoying it enough to subscribe to the channel. Help me get to 8,000 as we march towards 10K. And once I hit 8,000, I have a big message uh, that's exciting. 
and it's going to help the channel get to 10K because once we get to 10K, something big is going to happen, folks, and it's not going to be for me and Mrs. Boom. We're giving some stuff away, but obviously we have to get to 8K in order for me to drop that knowledge. Uh, but let's uh, let's get to the next topic. Now, obviously, in the opening of this show, you heard me mention Miles Dompierre of Windows Central, more specifically, of course, the host of Chatter Days on Saturday. Um, I think it's Saturday mornings, if I'm not mistaken, where he usually invites someone from the community, and it's usually someone very notable. You know, he's had some big, big uh, names on there, and they talk about Xbox stuff. Well, he dropped a video. Uh, that really just highlighted five of Xbox's biggest, biggest rumors. And we're going to break that down for the last half of the show. Um, and uh, the first one, folks, this is this is pretty interesting. Um, I know that you have seen a picture that has been floating around that's extremely odd. That involves Mario from Nintendo uh, with a Halo crossover. Uh, that picture was... <laughs> Focused. I mean, it's it's Joe. You're laughing because it's hilarious, but it's 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 funny to see uh, Mario in Master Chief armor shooting Bowser, which is a brute. It's it's crazy. It's 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 craziness. But this was, if you ask, where boom, where did that picture come from? Well, it was posted on the official Xbox Instagram page. This wasn't a fan made thing. This was done by Microsoft. Okay, so. The picture is, of course, like I said, Mario wearing Master Chief's armor, shooting at Bowser, and there's a there's a Koopa dressed as one of the uh, the underlings that you shoot that run away with the bombs, and it was hilarious. But the, what Miles talked about, and I kind of want to get everyone's opinion on this: this fall, we're going to see the return of the Chief. Master Chief is going to make his triumphant return. The game is going to have, since it's a showing in July of last year, over 14 months of polished time. So I'm expecting this to be an incredible looking game. I thought the gameplay loop had me hooked. I loved everything about it. I think the story is there, especially when you, uh, you know, when you start talking about the banished, you talk about the flood potentially making a return. There's a lot to get excited about if you are a fan of Halo. But that's actually not what we're talking about in this particular part of the topic. We're talking about Halo's Master Chief coming to Super Smash Brothers, and apparently that is a hot take rumor along with what they're potentially working now. And again, we've heard this numerous times. We've heard this from Jeff Grubb. We've heard this from Miles. You've heard it from uh, different uh, avenues within the industry. Phil's shelf means something. And that Nintendo Switch that looked extremely out of place meant something. And, of course, I think that they're working together. I, again, uh, Pong, I want to go to you first on this. We talked about this on Tuesday, me, you, and Zemi, about how we think that it could be as something as Game Pass coming to, uh, of course, uh, the Switch, which would be great for a lot of people, a lot of people looking forward to that. But I think that, you know, when you look at Master Chief and, of course, Halo Infinite becoming free to play, they're trying to get a piece of that Fortnite puzzle, right? That's why Chief is in Fortnite. But also, the Nintendo crowd that may not have owned an Xbox, if they can get a taste of Master Chief, and that's launched, uh, you know, like, you know, E3 during the, the the big event that gets a lot of those players to be like, who is this Master Chief character? Holy shit. I love him. And oh, my God, there's a new there's a new Halo coming out specifically in the fall. 
Do you think maybe that's, that, that, that there's something more to, than just Game Pass coming to the Switch? Yeah, I think this is a partnership. Like we talked about Boom and we talked about on Tuesday. Um, I think the strengthening of the partnership between Nintendo and Xbox or Nintendo and Microsoft is is readily apparent at this point. And I think that there is going to be a lot of different announcements coming, um, whether soon or whether later down the road as we go through this generation, because I think this is an important step in a lot of ways. Um, if you want to just look at, you know, the possibility of Chief coming to Smash Brothers, it's marketing. It's pure marketing and it's marketing genius at its finest, uh, because like you stated, Boom, and we saw with uh, Fortnite, the impact of simply having a character in a game uh, that is maybe outside the norm, uh, where where people that have not been exposed to a certain character does draw interest. I know for a fact uh, that you know Mav, uh, a good friend of the show, aka Fun Speculation, his his daughter saw um, uh, Lara Croft in Fortnite. And her and her friends were interested about what who Lara Croft was. And yeah, that's a great she, point. Dude. Asked him if she could download Tomb Raider, right? Oh, so wow. I mean, that kind of impact we don't think about it, right? Because we're old guys. We we've seen every single video game character come and go <laughs> through the years, right? So for us, it's like, what do you mean somebody has never, you know? played you know with with master chief what, what do you mean somebody hasn't played halo before but they're out there right and we're seeing that with mass effect there's a whole generation couple generations of people who have never experienced mass effect so when you do these deals it it can have a big impact on you know interest in what you're doing uh, on a different platform when you can do this type of crossover so i think this is a huge deal um i do think it it, it speaks to a larger uh sort of partnership or you know just you know, extending of hands across the uh, aisle, so to speak, uh, between Xbox and Nintendo. And Phil has been fostering this for a very long time. When Phil speaks about gaming, he speaks as a gamer, as a multi-platform gamer. He may be the head of one of the, if not the largest uh, gaming division in the world, right? He's up there and he might have the most power out of anybody right now in the gaming industry. But that does not mean that at heart and who he is at his core is a gamer who just loves games no matter where they are, no matter who makes them. We know for a fact he plays on other systems. We know for a fact he tries out tons of different games. I mean, the so, guy plays on a, on a laptop while he's right, waiting for a plane. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And he wants to foster this type of attitude uh, throughout the, the industry that, hey, we may be competitors in some realm, right? We may be competitors. We may be competing for customers at some level, but there is no reason why we can't both expand our fan bases amongst, you know, both crowds and, and mix them together and both you know, come out ahead at the end of the day. And I think that's what he's really trying to do. That's why I don't think it would ever be out of the realm of possibilities that he would do a deal with Sony if Sony was willing to. I don't think that he would balk at that idea at all because I truly believe in his heart of hearts that he wants everybody to be able to enjoy whatever game they want to wherever they're playing. Yeah. And and I think this is just another step. I didn't mean to get too dramatic and too big. No, but no, I think no, these, not at all. I think these little, these little things 
that you're seeing between Nintendo and Microsoft, these little hints, this, the smoke that's out there, that's been out there for quite a while, is part of that. And I think Nintendo is open to hearing about it. Now, you know, how much it's reciprocated, how much that means, you know, we get back on the other side from Nintendo. Well, that can be debated too. But at the end of the day, I think this is opening up the lines of communication, opening up doors for future things like Game Pass uh, appearing on, you know, Switch. Uh, or other deals like we talked about and kind of uh, swam in the lakes of speculation on Tuesday about maybe some some cross-development type games situations. Talk about it, brother. Make yeah, me that, smile. Right, exactly. Like we, we, like we talked about on Tuesday, there's a lot of IPs sitting out there like Banjo and Kazooie, uh, Viva Pinata that we, we specifically pointed out that could definitely fit on both platforms right i mean it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility that we could see something like that happen where nintendo takes on code you know co-development type of situation you know microsoft publishes on microsoft side nintendo publishes on nintendo side but yeah, they share, share an ip like that um and that just opens up things even more so yeah boom i think this is something that is alluding to something larger uh it is a marketing uh campaign uh do you know don't make any mistake about that there there is that that aspect that they want to get the hype train uh even though Halo Infinite has all the hype in the world, they want to get even more hype. I mean, they want to find people that may have never experienced Halo and Master Chief uh, to come on over and maybe take a peek. And yeah. that leads to bigger and better things as well. No, absolutely. Now, listen, we're doing something unusual here, and I didn't talk about it with the panel because, of course, why would I? Because I'm a knucklehead. But I, th there are five rumors here. Now, if you, I, I know that the, if I asked the community, do you want a five-hour podcast, people would say, yes, I'll pee in a bucket. It's fine. But here's the thing. We right. don't have five hours. So each, I'm going to go to, I, I specifically picked out a particular topic that I mm -hmm. think is best suited for a said person on the panel. And Pong, I'm glad you took this one because I thought you were, you nailed it. Exactly what I've expected. But um, VJ, are you sitting down, sir? Uh, yes, sir. Okay, because I'm going to you next. Oh. I know we're out of order. We're no, 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 no. Don't make us go after you. Have to, yeah, always... <laughs> everyone is just going to have to step up their game. Damn it, because I want VJ to go next. Okay, so <laughs> please, VJ, go ahead. Okay, so, so VJ, the, the, the topic of this uh, Miles video that I want to get to you is um, what the ramifications of Valve getting xbox game pass would mean to both companies because i go to you this because of your 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 knowledge of both sides of the coin you you know you are part of the development community you're you know you are part of the retail community now of course you are an important part of the podcasting community apparently this is one of the big rumors valve has reached out to microsoft to bring xbox game pass to steam mm -hmm. big deal you ask Absolutely. This may be in conjunction with putting more pressure on Epic Games, who just saw a huge $200 million uh, get injected into the company from Sony, who has now invested $450 million. Getting Xbox Game Pass onto Steam is huge. It's a huge win, uh, uh, VJ, for both Microsoft and Valve. How likely do you believe this rumor? And is it something you can actually see happening? Um, we talked about Valve. I remember 
right after Bethesda, actually before the Bethesda deal, right, um, last year. But um, that really would be quite the development. I think everyone can agree, right? So, yeah. And all those monthly users <laughs> would most certainly be attractive to Microsoft and Game Pass. Um, some may see it as a step or degree away from Microsoft uh, acquiring Steam, um, and it may be a better move. And that in itself is a deeper and more complex topic in itself, which which I'd need more thought to if we were going to touch on that. But I, but in some, yeah, in terms of the acquisition, I do struggle with the idea. But th- this may be a, a better move. What if if they do indeed at some point acquire Steam, it would primarily be acquiring a platform. There's that to think about. In the same breath, I don't want to discount any of Valve's IP. Um, is that because they will also end up on the table, although Microsoft will want to milk them to no end. But my feeling for the moment is that Gabe values his independence more highly than anything else. Putting myself in the boots of Valve, um, because Gabe's boots are far too big for me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) At this this time, uh, sorry, I know it's not a stand-up comedy show, but anyway. No, uh, no, we love it. We we love this. uh, (laughs) Do some more of it. We love this kind of BJ. Go crazy. (laughs) It's really interesting you made me go now. I get all my great talking points after boxing there. Anyway, at this time, I will be enjoying the heck out of um, – If again, if I was in Val's shoes right now, I would be enjoying the heck out of Epic's difficulties and uh, looking for ways to capitalize and perhaps with the addition and offering of Game Pass via Steam, it indeed aids the efforts um, that, <laughs> that Gabe has in mind, so, so to speak. Yeah. My, my concern is, as I've – stated last year steam users are low-hanging fruit for xbox and why haven't xboxes yet managed to convert more of steam's 120 million active monthly player base and you got to say it's low-hanging fruit fruit broom there's others there's others as well but uh, yeah i nothing surprises me anymore Uh, nothing is beyond the realms of uh, possibility so I can't say either way, yes or no, that these that this will happen. But I know what Gabe is like to a degree, and it really just depends on where he is at this point in time, and if Phil, as as because he didn't just go in and buy Zenimax, right? He had to go in, do a deal with Zenimax, but then do the deal with the people that were running Bethesda, right, to make sure everybody is on board, right? There's no point in buying a company if the management's not on board. So I think these things do take time. And it's an obvious one because they're an independent company. And uh, but yeah, I, I think that there are some things there that do need more thoughtful, um, more thought, and and more thoughtful discussion. But uh, but yeah, um, I think um, I'm I'm kind of in alignment with potentially what may happen or come to pass. Well, if you look at the report that just was published by numerous outlets that uh, currently. Epic Games is is uh, is losing hundreds of millions of dollars, mm-hmm. right? That's the difficulties that you were talking about, and obviously, uh, right now, the, we, the issue with Apple as well is what I guess I what I was alluding to. So, yeah, 
No, no, no. I, and I get the point. But again, Apple is going to be Apple. They're never going to go bankrupt. They're making money on their stupid yeah. iPhones, right? That's so that's fine. Um, but it ain't nothing stupid about them. They're fantastic phones. Now, I hold love on. Now iPhone. you ready to get rid of yours? A couple, a couple of last okay. year. So let's let, let's not jump on the Apple wagon. No, no, I'm kidding. I, my brother's been trying to convert me for years. I, I'm an Android guy. I actually, I just got the new S21. I, it, it's fine. It, it it makes calls. That's right. and you are correct, Boom. By the way, thank you, sir. Thank, thank you for staying. <laughs> I have both. I have an iPhone for work and I have an Android in private. And I have to say, I really don't get the hype around uh, the Apple yeah. phone. So I'm <laughs> with you, Boom. <laughs> Sorry, Boom. Because, because you don't need training wheels, Archimedes. Android phones. I need them. <laughs> one Android. Just pick one. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, I hate it so much, guys. Just oh. make a unified system for God's sake. I hear you, Joe. But listen, you know what? What I want to do is I want to move on to another topic in this in these five rumors. And I and I have to go to Boxenberger. Sorry, you have to follow VJ's incredible plot uh plot here. But I the, the one I want to get to you on is what Jez Corden uh no, not that not that I'm sorry, not the Jez Corden one. Uh the, the I want to get this is what I want to get to you on this, um, Boxer Bear. Um, you know, obviously you're, you're a huge RPG guy, uh, like myself, right? I don't necessarily know how much of you're into the JRPGs. Uh, I have always been that way. I've played them on, you know, going all the way back to Fantasy Star on the Sega Master System. I've played all of the Final Fantasies, uh, still seven, one of my favorites for sure. Uh, right now I'm playing Octopath Traveler on Xbox Game Pass. It's fantastic. I'm, I'm only 15 hours in and I've been saying that number because I've been playing so many games. I can't get away from Outriders. I've tried Narita Boy. Not a fan. I'm going to be honest with you. Not a big fan of that. I thought I was going to enjoy it more than I did. So I'm going to go back to Octopath Traveler. My question to you in this rumor is, you know, we saw a lot of Sega-made games finally come to Xbox in Xbox Game Pass like um, uh, Yakuza. Now, the Yakuza, we've we've seen them all, right? And they've done every they've done very well on Xbox. People have been asking for these games, and Phil Spencer in all those tr- all those trips to Japan has delivered. There's one particular game that has not found its way, but apparently is the next big Game Pass announcement, and that is Persona, but not Persona Five regular. Persona 5 Royal apparently is going to be announced very soon, coming to the Xbox platform and for the first time, but more importantly, dropping into Game Pass day and date. My question to you on this on these five rumors, how big of a deal is this for because, again, you know, JRPGs are a niche title, uh, uh, you know, type of game. But there are a lot of people, specifically Xbox gamers, that have been calling for this. For you, seeing the, you know, reading the room, um, Archimedes, is this a big deal if it happens? Oh, uh, absolutely. Um, I mean, it, it, Persona is definitely, like you said, not a game for everyone. Um, I tried it, I bought the special edition when it came out, and I'm gonna tell you this, folks. My fifth and seventh train ride, I said, this is just not for me. I fell yeah. asleep. Yeah, same here. Um, <laughs> just on my cu- uh, d- cup of tea. Uh, not, not that I don't like JRPGs. I'm currently playing Octopath Traveler, like 30 hours in the game. Love it. Uh, it's it's an insanely good. Uh, highly recommended. Um, Speak on it, Arky. 
<laughs> I, I, could, I could fill the whole podcast by how good this game is and what it does so well. Um, it's really one of the best JRPGs uh, I have played in years, um, in, in, in a long time. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's, just, it's beautiful JRPG, to le- look at. Yeah, the last JRPG that, that grabbed me like this is probably... Or was probably Skies of Arcadia on the Dreamcast. Oh, it's it's dude, really that's a good. great one, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, Persona, um, not my cup of tea. Doesn't mean uh, it 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 cannot be a big deal because um, it is one of the um, showcase JRPGs on the PlayStation. Everybody Absolutely. is. Yeah. Uh, for a long time, people have been saying, "Oh, you you don't get Japanese games, especially JRPGs, on the Xbox," and when they pulled out an example for what we are missing on the Xbox ecosystem. Um, they always mentioned Persona. So, yeah, um, there is a is an audience for it. Um, it. It pulls a lot of attraction to it because it it is such a well-known JRPG. And I think um, having it in on, on Xbox would just um, basically... Yeah, reduce or eventually eliminate that uh, discussion that you don't have JRPGs now on the on the Xbox because we have them. You mentioned the Yakuza's, I mentioned Octopath Traveler, um, and I bet we will eventually also get um, games like uh, the Near Automata or now Near Replicant uh, in, in Game Pass. Yeah, um, so yeah, um, could be a big deal. I yeah I I think it, I think it's going to be a big deal I I think it's going to be it, it's one of those bridges that as a, a as a podcaster as someone that overlooks the industry with delight because I'm a gamer so I support all the consoles I enjoy playing games on multiple platforms I'm I I'm specific to Xbox it's my favorite platform but I will never deny myself going to play a new Mario or play a new you know uh, over the shoulder AAA game that Sony puts out I I like those games so I'm always going to play that but this is one of those bridges I honestly cannot wait for Microsoft to cross because Persona is, it does have a big following. There are gamers who have been calling for it. Again, not my game, but I've said this before and the t-shirts are coming. Not every game is for every gamer. So uh, great, great points on that. Um let me catch up on a few of the uh, super chats that have come in, if you guys don't mind. I'm going to go to Joe. And then what I'm going to do is for the fifth one, which I saved for the last, I'm going to get everyone involved in the conversation because that one is the Kojima Metal Gear rumor that's floating around that, of mm. course, is incorporated with the potential. Now, we've heard, uh, that, that, you know, some, someone is, uh, is, is buying the um, IPs at Konami. Who that is, who the hell knows, but we're going to get into that in a second. Let me just catch up some of these super chats. First of all, I want to just say a big thank you to Lito Papa. Uh, you know, obviously, this is a man that is that works tirelessly in the chat. He is a moderator of, of skill levels that's beyond uh, his age, and he continues to shut down these knuckleheads. Uh, there was a particular person, which I won't mention because he's an a-hole, and of course... Uh, Lito Papa did what he does best. He walked silently. He carried a big band stick and bashed him over the head, and he's no longer disturbing this incredible chat. Dan Lazaro drops uh, a five dollars of chat and says, "The guy said um, there will be another Xbox before new games arrive." Uh, Mister Bear, but no offense, you're a PlayStation guy, so I, I take your points with an eyebrow raised. Yeah, I don't think he meant it like that. I, I think he no, didn't mean it like that. Yeah, Joe. Joe actually knows the dude, and to be honest with you. 
I, I, I have to defend game industry biz. Like I said, it because I'm reading it from the article. But if you read it, there's in parentheses says jokingly. So yeah. I, I that's also, why I'm I the PlayStation dude. I, I play literally. I cover PlayStation. I play literally everything. Yeah, he does. So he like does. like I He's dare a pirate you legend, folks. to go on that Sea of Thieves and not see I'm a pirate legend or not yeah. give credit that Halo is my most. Mr. PlayStation guy here saying Halo is my most anticipated game this year, and it's not even close. I'm not right. a PlayStation dude. And, and by the way, he was part. He, he was part of the. He was part of the uh, the team elite that got us into the semifinals because of his Halo exactly. skills. <laughs> exactly. Real talk. Yeah, man. We we did. We've re- we got to the semifinals. Yeah, good, good, good thing we didn't get past it because we would have got wrecked the same way. Dude, seriously, Ains and that team—they're just just they're, here's they're, the thing. They're, they're His snipers. team carried Ains. Ains didn't do anything special. This you could send right to Ains. <laughs> Clip this, send it to him. Ains just got in the back of Pat's backpack, and he, they carried him to a Halo victory. <laughs> I uh, love it. That's great. Us, we worked for it. We yeah. worked for it. Okay. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. But you know uh, what? It, uh, gr- uh, great fun all around, as always. But let me continue with the Super Chats. And Joe, we're going to get to you with this next particular topic. Uh, let's see. The next one just came in from 108 Dragons TV. Hey, dude, welcome to the program. He says, boom, pong, panel. Good afternoon, my friends. Keep up the great work. And what's my gaming community? Um, what's up, my gaming community? How's everyone uh, uh How's everyone uh, being, I think he meant to say, your game and not your name? Um, yeah, well, listen, first of all, dude, thanks so much for being here. We'd love you that you're here each and every week supporting this. And thank you, for, of course, for the super chat. But, Joe, I got to go to you next on this. Now, Jez uh-huh. Corden of Windows Central, he <laughs> tweeted something very interesting that Miles talked about. And obviously, they work together at Windows Central. And the yeah. post read simply, don't count out global publishing either some very interesting partnerships in the works with a swirl emoji now this really sent the internet on fire because i thought two things like most people some sort of a ubisoft connection which we've been hearing about uh ubisoft plus potentially coming into xbox game pass which of course would mean yeah that that's definitely happening and of course my favorite my number one most exciting favorite thing about this rumor slash uh, wish, if you will, was a Dreamcast connection, my favorite console of all time. I still have it. I have actually both. I have a Japanese, I have an American version, and I have all close to 90 really? games. Yes, yes, dude. Um okay. My favorite console of all time. Um, but he also added that, uh, th- that you know, with this swirl emoji, apparently it has something to do with a big AAA title that has not been announced that is going to be published by Microsoft and made by a third party. But on top of that, Miles talked about the three unannounced global publishing titles that are currently being prototyped. Now, he did stress that these may never see the light of day, but there are three other titles that Microsoft Publishing is global publishing is looking to bring forth as exclusives. What are your thoughts on this rumor? And how how big of a deal do you think that this AAA third party published Microsoft game is going to be? And when do you expect to see that? 
And and are you saying that this is with Ubisoft or is this with Cap- no no the, the, no no this the, the the well the swirl emoji emoji again this is a massive uh, undertaking this particular topic really um, the swirl emoji is it, it's either going to be Ubisoft it's going to be Dreamcast or it's going to be something but they did say it had something to do with a huge AAA title that's being uh, published by Microsoft but developed by a third party what what do you think this means. Dude, let's do it. Let's let's make this world mean Ubisoft. Let's make that AAA games. Uh, Don't say cell. it. Say it. Yeah. Say, yes. Yes. Yeah, we're making yes. a similar cell, and yeah. that's going to be Xbox ex- ex- exclusive. Um, you know, AAA, double uh, whatever you want to call it, game. Uh, just like we saw with. Sony How about we go with five A's because it's the oh, first Splinter Cell in a decade. Let's do it. So yeah, like <laughs> honestly, like. We, like with from software with playstation with uh with bloodborne with ubisoft with uh you know uh mario what is it mario uh, kingdom battle we've seen companies go out there and you know make a sole property uh you know uh, exclusive to 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 a platform so honestly let's make that let's let's do it it's you know what it's funny i i did not even think about that you know it's funny you say that because I mean, listen, we've been talking about Splinter Cell for years. Uh, yeah. it, it really is almost a travesty of gaming justice that yeah. we went an entire 2013 to present without a new Splinter Cell. It's, it, it's, it's almost preposterous to even think such a thing, but it happened in real life, and we still don't have a new Sam Fisher game. I don't understand it. I, I, I don't understand <laughs> what is what the hell is going on. We've had some we've had uh, and we've had a lot of Ubisoft games. Yeah. I, it's so I, I, I well the one thing is like the for from the information I've gathered is Ubisoft knows how important Splinter Cell is and it's still very important to them. They are just very particular of what this game is going to be. So a lot of hands have touched what a Splinter Cell would be, but a lot of people are a little bit too afraid to, to, to go in for it. So if Microsoft's willing to front the cash for a Splinter Cell, I say, let's go for it. Let's do it. Whether that is like a, you know, timed exclusive or not. I, I'm not a huge Splinter Cell guy, oh, but I, I know I have a terrible memory for it because my brother sold my N6, not N64. Sorry. No. Yeah. N64 and Super Nintendo for a copy of Splinter Cell for the original. You're traumatized what you're saying. I'll never fucking forgive him for that. He's a piece (laughs) of shit. My brother's a piece of garbage. So, uh, yeah, I I really, and he didn't even play. He like, he barely even, oh God, he sucks. My brother sucks so bad. Anyway, uh, so I don't have the biggest nostalgia for it, but I know that when I think of Xbox, I do think of Splinter Cell. I do think of the original days where it was like that Xbox exclusive. Like it was so, you know, tight knit with the Xbox e- ecosystem. And I think that means a lot for the hardcore uh, Xbox fans or the lapped Xbox fans that you see a resurgence of the IP that you grew up with. And I think that's really important. Like, you know, seeing seeing the Master Chief and, and hopefully Infinite is as good as I hope uh, and seeing, you know, uh, uh, Sam Fisher, like that's going to mean something for people. And I think, I think that's what that rumor spells. Also, if I could just for a second tackle the one thing that's been on my mind. Uh, I've been preaching that Mario, I'm sorry, Nintendo and Xbox collaboration since I think it, I think I've been on this channel. 
It's happening. I have faith. We all got to have faith. I truly believe that Phil Spencer has been working for years to get Game Pass on the Nintendo Switch. He's trying so very hard. I think it's going to happen. That's, you know what? That's and, all and, my, in my conjunction theory. with that, I, I think that the deal that you're going to see happen is that Microsoft is current. Again, this is just this is not even a part of this room. This is just my speculation, folks. So don't take it to the bank. Say, boom, said it's so. It's so. So it's true. I think what you're going to get here, besides Game Pass coming to uh, the Switch, a, a limited Game Pass to Switch. I think you're going to see that Microsoft is working with Nintendo behind the scenes to bring their online service to the 21st century. And you're going to see the Azure servers somehow uh, help with a new actual online uh, service that works, that you can listen, you could talk to your friends. You don't need 18 gadgets. I think. Yeah, I think like the Game Pass for for Switch, if it happens, because the whole thing is like as cool as that is, like it's either you have to have a whole new set of coding for those games, or it's via streaming, and it's you're gonna have to treat it like the like the mobile, uh, yes, you know, uh, Game Pass. So that's what I'm kind of thinking. That game, it would be like a Game Pass Lite, but it'd be something for Nintendo fans to have. So that they have some mature titles for the for the for the moms and dads and guardians of these kids, and then something for the kids as well, you know. Yeah, and uh, and, I, I, and that's why I think you're going to get a, a co-produced uh, Banjo Kazooie. I think Nintendo yeah. makes it, and uh, they Microsoft publishes so it. Cool. That, that would be, be so. That'd be that'd one be of those stories you just you heard. just have to smile at. You have to smile. Yeah. Everyone's like, you know, that's where lines are erased. That's where think walls about this. come down. Think about this, and, and, and once I say, and, and if you guys believe it, hold it in your hearts. I'd start going back to church if this is the case. <laughs> we have a banjo game made by Rare, right? Published by Xbox. That's on a Nintendo console. I, I love it. I think it's a great story, right? Right. I, I, I think it's an absolutely fantastic story. But speaking of stories, what I want to do is I definitely want to get over to the next topic. We're, we're, we're 90 minutes into the program. And this, my God, this has been one hell of a show, folks. One heck of a show for sure. But real quick, I got to catch up on two super chats. First of all, Z Black Rider, generous friend of the show, he drops an additional $10 super chat and says, All the rumors Z Black is telling you. Phil is going to buy Steam. I've been saying that for a while. I'm right there with you. I think that there's a deal with uh, Gabe. He wants to retire from the industry. He wants his baby to be handled correctly, and he knows that Phil Spencer will treat it right for sure. Why Nine Power drops a very generous final super chat. Say boom. Going to give a happy super chat with a fun fact. Everyone, video games are the new books and novels. Thanks, boom, for helping my sanity. Well, do thank you for the compliment, because, that, of course, that is the most important thing. But thank you for the generosity. But let's get on to topic number three and this is a big one and i think everyone here is going to have a big opinion the rumor that was a part of this uh this this show is that konami has been and we've heard this from other publications selling off its ips more specifically the metal gear solid ip that has seen many award-winning reviews over the course of its long career today I wanted to discuss a huge what if and if some of the rumors that Hideo Kojima could return the franchise 
actually returned to the franchise that he was forced to walk away from many years ago. At this point, we know that something is happening between Xbox and Kojima, though the question on Xbox acquiring the Konami-owned IP and handing it off Kojima is both unreal and exciting at the same time. Because think about this for a second. He was forced out of Metal Gear. He wasn't even allowed to go up and ex- and uh, accept an award that he had to step away from one of Jeff Keighley's shows a couple of years back. It was a big drama. Jeff Keighley was crying on stage. They're best friends. You know what? Pat him on the ass. You know what? Standing up for your friend, there's nothing wrong with that. And I, and I applaud that for sure. But think about this just for a second. Think about, and again, I don't know if this is going to happen. This is, again, one of those, you know, we're, you know, Pong, we're going down to speculation town. Again, I like to hang out here. It's always sunny awesome and 75. Awesome place to be. Awesome sunny and to be. 75. And, and Rainbows and unicorns. And it's everything is free. So speculation town. It rains town, M&Ms. I love it. <laughs> Joe. You heard yeah. that? It doesn't <laughs> rain Skittles. It rains M&M's. Uh, speculation. <laughs> I did that just for you, Joe. Uh, yeah, fuck Skittles. Dude. Skittles sucks. <laughs> He's, again, tell everyone where the Skittle touched you, and we will pre- we will press charges, brother. <laughs> again, just, I, I can't reiterate. Skittles suck. If you like Skittles, you suck. And really, I'm feeling this Pfizer shock because I'm just a cranky boy now. <laughs> I well, don't listen, know why. Well, well, you know, don't have Skittles. Have a handful of M&Ms. I guarantee you're going to feel better. But let's get let's get back to the topic at hand here. Could Kojima return to Metal Gear? And what would that mean for him? What would that mean for Xbox? What would that mean for Xbox Game Pass? I think when you talk about something as mon- monumental as the potential, and again, folks, this is complete speculation, of seeing Hideo Kojima Return to Metal Gear, the franchise that he created while at Konami that has seen a significant amount of success over the years, you know, depending on, again, maybe you're not a Metal Gear fan. I am a diehard Metal Gear fan. Could we see this happen? But more importantly, could we see him? Where do we see this going? Does he remake Metal Gear Solid, which I would love? Does he go and say, you know what, we're going to start fresh and it's going to be a new Metal Gear? Or do they continue the story with Metal Gear 6? I have no idea, but I'll take it regardless of which way they go. Of course, I'm going to go to our guest today, Pong Soul. This is a big topic. It's so big that it needs the five of us to, to, to break it down. Where do you <laughs> see this going? Is I mean, the Kojima deal is real. We have that on several Several big time, you know, uh, you know, industry folks that say, yeah, it's it's with the lawyers right now. For all we know, the deal is done. But does he return to Metal Gear? Yeah. So we've talked so much about Kojima. I feel like I'm starting to get to know this guy uh, personally. I think we should probably have lunch sometime. Uh, I would. Because- yeah. <laughs> let's, let's have, Maybe let's, that let's, brings let's- us uh, Jeff Keighley on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. What would be better than than getting to see? Jeff, introduce Kojima and introduce Metal Gear as an Xbox exclusive. It, really, it would be pretty epic, dude. Oh, man. Uh, it would be fantastic. So I've been on this kick for a long time uh, that this was, you know, when the smoke first started about, uh, you know, Konami possibly uh, their IPs being up for either sale completely or just licensing it out. And it seems like we've kind of settled into the whole licensing thing at this point. Um, money talks at this point. So getting Kojima 
and getting one of his original babies back um, underneath the same umbrella to work kind of an exclusive deal would be absolutely um, incredible for the entire industry. Um, I think, again, we've talked about Kojima so much. This guy is an essential creative, okay? And I understand that people sometimes feel uh, that he's overrated just because not everything he does appeals to everyone. And I get that. That That's the same for movies. That's the same for books. It doesn't matter. When somebody creates something um, and it's something that comes, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily need to have the mass uh, appeal. You're going to have people on both sides of the fence. And I think with Kojima, he really does just have a certain type of vision um, you know, and he wants to tell a certain story and not everybody is going to appreciate that. And that's okay. But when it comes to Metal Gear, we, there, there is no argument that Metal Gear is probably one of the biggest franchises in all of video game history. Um, when you look at what it, what it, do, what it did, uh, the storytelling that he, uh, has done through that series, uh, you know, especially when he first started, it had never really been seen on that type of level before. And again, I get 45 minute cutscenes, not act, you know, not my cup of tea either, but the gameplay itself, I love. Uh, I'm not a huge Kojima stan, uh, but at the end of the day, there is no denying that the guy is a creative genius and he does push the industry in directions that other people just would never do. He does push boundaries. He does try things. And again, it can be to the detriment of whoever's funding the game because you're not talking about, you know, some huge gigantic profits when it, when it comes to a lot of his games like Death Stranding. Uh, but, but at the end of the day, he's doing things that others just don't do or don't think about doing. And that from that standpoint, I appreciate the man. So to get him back together with metal gear uh one of his babies i think is a unique opportunity that if it is real and again i will continue to say if just because we don't have any concrete evidence that you know this is this is a done deal as far as as getting that ip um i think it's a unique opportunity that phil uh, and the xbox team cannot pass up because you give the man the freedom to return to the beloved franchise to and in my opinion it would not be a remake in my opinion uh number five uh did not finish the story and i don't think kojima was happy with it and i don't think that at the end of the day he got to see his vision you know to the to the end and i think that's what we have to remember when it comes to people like this they have a plan and they have a certain way that they want things to go and when they don't have a chance to finish it that that ego inside of them, and we know Kojima has an ego, that ego inside of him will always itch and it will always you know, make him scratch like what I could have done with that. What, what if I could have seen it through? All the things, all the ideas that I had, I never got to put into this, to this game or to this creation. I think those are at the back of his head. Even if he's removed himself from Konami um, and he went and did his own thing because he wanted to have more freedom, I think to the, if he never had a chance to finish it out, it would bother him um, and, until he saw his grave, right? I think that would be something um, that if the opportunity is here and now and you have Kojima out there as a free agent available because you know seemingly Sony does not want to fund his, his games anymore, then I think Phil needs to jump all over this because it will create a hype 
uh, that, that is rarely seen in video games. And I know, again, it's not for everybody. It doesn't even have, you know, it doesn't have the mass appeal of a halo. It doesn't have, we're going to see in a, we're going to see such a phenomenal amount of hype for Halo Infinite as we approach release. It's going to be out of this world as everybody gets rejuvenated again uh, over that franchise. But with a Kojima, you're going to have everybody talking about it, whether they love it, whether they hate it. To know that Kojima now has the opportunity to go back to one of his babies, finish what he started, will create such a buzz. And if it's exclusive to Xbox, you're talking about getting that free marketing of word of mouth of you know of all the media covering it of all of us covering it probably non-stop until it relaunches we that that is what phil and his team want for game pass right now that new platform that growing service that they are jump starting and doing all these crazy deals so i think getting kojima back with metal gear would be a coup uh of the highest form to yeah. take something that has been so <laughs> it, it's been intertwined with sony for so long even though it has appeared on xbox right. it is synonymous with sony and it absolutely take, is 100 percent right yeah. and to take another franchise like that and make it an xbox franchise where people you know, that's all they could talk about. The minute you talk about Kojima, even if they just get the Kojima deal done, the minute you talk about Kojima, the next words are going to be Xbox. That's how that's going to work. You get Metal Gear and throw that onto the fire, you're, you're, you're just throwing a huge, huge gallon of gasoline onto an already burning fire that is going to ignite everybody in the gaming industry. And I mm -hmm. think that there is no amount of money that you can put on that um, and say that it's not worth it uh, for what, xbox could, and phil is trying to do right could now. i jump can i jump yeah on this? Jump, jump on in, i'm actually brother. gonna be the counterpoint here yeah go, go ahead joe you I, always are I, when i'm talking so you do so that. i'm gonna say this, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna say this. you're going for I, another strike today joe let's no go no one on this chat no one on this chat has ever advocated this but i've seen some folks praise this this deal in the making Yep. But absolutely shit on Death Stranding. So I'll no. say this. You're only allowed to be excited for this deal if you say, you know what? Maybe Death Stranding wasn't for me, but that's fine. And I was a complete asshole about it. Well, that's, that's that's what I want. And that's fine. But I think you're talking about I think you're talking about a small group of people, honestly, oh, Joe. Absolutely. And, I, and they're all I, miserable fucks. Right. Because but, because again, at the end of the day, not every game is for me, but I will not trash yeah. a game just because it's not for me. Right. Uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And yeah. I think obviously if there are hypocrites out there listening right now, you're you're absolutely correct. They should yeah. probably take a look at themselves and say, yeah. Look, I gotta admit I was wrong. Okay. Joe, let me just jump in here and ask you, uh, who owns the IP is is that Kojima or is that Sony? Uh, the Metal Gear or Death Stranding? Death, no, Death Stranding, Stranding is uh, Sony. It is Sony. Okay, it is yeah. Sony. For some reason, I thought so, he was in control of that. No. So, I uh, first I don't have an attachment to Metal Gear, so maybe this is why I could be so divorced from it. Um, I do and I did very much enjoy Death Stranding. I've mentioned this on the show, um, but. There was the interview with uh, um, with uh, Jaffe and uh, Jeff Ross, and Jeff Ross said something very yeah, that was interesting. just the other day, right? Yeah, yeah. De from what Jeff could allude to, because Sony never shared numbers, Death Stranding was barely profitable. Why do you think about that for a second? 
Creative Mind Kojima makes a new IP and it didn't push the lever. Well, that's Same why you didn't. I mean, with, it's safe to say that's why they didn't give him a second shot. Exactly. And then that is probably the reason why they didn't is it wasn't profitable at the same exact time as well from what i understand and again my headaches coming in full force uh, metal gear solid 5 didn't do it for konami either i'm not saying that this guy's magic's run out i think the hype around kojima is tiresome i get it he's he he makes some strange strange ip but I don't necessarily think that, A, I, I think Jess Corden shot this rumor down immediately. He said that there is no chance that Kojima would work on Metal Gear. Now, maybe Judd's wrong. Maybe, you know, things will change. But I'm, I'm on that same mind of if Kojima's doing something, it is on his terms, and it's the things that he wants to do. So... Maybe we get some type of oh I burnt a little bit, sorry. Maybe we get we get some type of uh you know some type of spy thriller like that is I was like gonna say maybe the, maybe a, sp- a spiritual like a spiritual successor. successor. Yeah. Joe, Joe, um, let me push back a little bit here. Hold on. Sure. I, I agree with Jez if it was like just Konami involved, but with a third party in a mirror in a mirror. Yeah, oh god, I can't speak today. In a mediary uh like Xbox, I think he would reconsider. And uh, you think- know, and, and I have to again. Usually, I agree with Joe, but this is where I have to push back. Also, Joe, only mm-hmm. because this would be, and I'm not going to curse, folks, because I don't like to curse on the show. I try, I really try yeah. not to, because I know kids listen. This would be the big f u to Konami if he could make the Metal Gear he wants to make take sure. four, take exactly. five, take six years because. Again, this see this this is this is a double whammy for Xbox, and this is why. One, obviously, the easy look at getting Kojima isn't just for his knowledge in making games and the way he makes them. It's his status quo in Japan, a region that they are trying to make relevant for the company. Yeah. And obviously, getting him up to be a part of Xbox Game Studios and getting his studio to make a game is going to do, again, it's doing, it's doing two types of good. One, Kojima's going to make a game and it's an Xbox exclusive. That's world news, you know, specifically because he's always been with Sony. But the second part of it is seeing him go to Japan you know i mean i will go to japan he's in japan seeing him stay in japan and have some uh, some serious work to do with the japanese community i mean listen like him love him hate him or whatever he is beloved in that region of the world and i think he could do that without look again i don't think metal gear is i don't think metal gear is 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 his um there is just Never underestimate the power of bad blood. You can have an intermediary with with whoever you want. You're still at the end of the day, whether it's it's through secondhand or not, dealing with Konami. And I think there's the bad blood is there. It's never left. It is a stain. And I don't think Konami wants to work with him as much as he doesn't want to work 
for Konami. I agree. They I, that very I agree with. much. Yeah, no, no. Like the, 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 well, the, there's something with and the that's why, And that's why, listen, it would be fucking cool as shit. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. It would be rad as all hell to see Snake on stage or, you know, Snake, see Snake on the big screen and Kojima on stage. That would be so rad. It's awesome. But if there's one thing that I've ever learned when it comes about rumors and speculation to the video game industry is that it's never what you've ever wanted. You never get what you want. You get yeah, maybe I something mean, close. But I think Kojima does bring in a Japanese audience without having to necessarily uh, tug on what is something that maybe uh, maybe hurts him a little bit. Yeah, no, and so, I mean, you're onto something. Again, you maybe maybe with, it's the horror game he wants to make. That he, exactly. That, yeah, maybe it's that. Yeah. Make maybe. that weird fucking Silent Hill spinoff, whatever the thing that you want to do, you know, spiritual successor. I think he does both. Else, I mean. So, yeah, I, I like a like multi game deal. Yeah. I mean, again, well, I, I think I, this know is what? a cool thing. I just don't think it's Metal Gear. Well, you know what? And here's the thing uh, a, sm- a small source of mine. Uh, again, I'm not confirming anything. I have heard that it's a multi-tier deal; that it's three games, not one. Yeah. Um, so, I, I again, this is going to be a that very would big make sense because he wants safety after the stadium. Of thing course, he does. One hundred percent. I think that is what he was looking for. I think that's why the lawyers have taken so long. But I think it, from what I have heard from the so- the source that I have, and I don't have a whole mess of them. I do have one that I trust. Three, three game deal. That's what I'm hearing. Is it true? I don't know. It's not my, you know, I'm not a source. I'm just getting it from a source. It could be wrong, but I think that you're onto something, Joe. And listen, I'm glad you jumped in because I know you're not feeling good. If you got a back out, brother, we'll definitely see you on. T- if you can't make tomorrow's breakfast, yeah, I'm, let I'm me know. Crabby. I'm crabby today. Hey, Joe, Joe, you're, before you go, Joe, yeah. you're, you're banned from speculation town because oh you brought God. the clouds. Everything's yeah. supposed to be sunny here. <laughs> it's raining Skittles now. Thanks, Joe. Oh, no. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, it's Joe. I hope, Apple, I, the worst one. I hope your shot changes your taste buds and you now love Skittles. Oh, dude, that's a fate worse than death. You know what, everybody? You're right. I'm going to go. Seriously, real talk. I'm going to go lay down. We're, going, we're supposed to do a Resident Evil stream at 6 o'clock tonight. Let's hope I can make it twitch.tv slash ps trophy room watch the latest episode of the trophy room it's really it's a really like somber-esque episode it's like us is like it's chill not somber it's chill yeah episode wow. of, of feel better show. brother really thank you so, so much everybody for being here feel better, uh, feel better well. See you yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah we we'll definitely. I love you, you Pong, the most. I know it always seems Joe. like. <laughs> I, know. Happy, I, I, I love, love you despite you, all of your wrong opinions. We're all exactly. Right. For all your flaws, <laughs> I love you the same, my brother. Take care, brother. All right. So, uh, uh, um, Archimedes, let's get your opinion yeah. on this. Look, here, there, there is something going on here that is much more important than a particular game or even a three uh, game slate for, for Kojima. Microsoft is in the position where just having goodwills in Mexico and in North America and in Australia and you know you know and other regions of the world they they want to get to 2 million 2 billion gamers. One of the regions they have failed at has been Japan. Now we know that the Japanese market along with Korea has changed the way that they play games. They're not console centric in the point where they have they're sitting in front of their TVs. They're playing on their phones. They're playing on their pewters. They're playing on their tablets. And it's widely accepted. And it's something that Microsoft has thought about 
And this for this forward thinking may potentially win them a generation. And I say that because of xCloud. xCloud has been launched in these regions. It apparently it's doing very well. If you can get a Kojima who has a huge following in these regions. People respect him. People love his games. And whether it's Metal Gear and w- or whether it's a new horror game or a spiritual successor, it is going to be a big deal. My question to you, with all of that said, is would you want to see him return to Metal Gear? Um, I have said it before on the show, and I'll say it again. Uh, I'm not a <laughs> Kojima fan. Um, I'm much there with Pong. I'm, I'm not saying it's it's bad it's 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 just not um his games are not for me um so yeah it it, it's nothing i i personally get excited about um all right so you know what with that said and that's fine i mean obviously not every game is for every gamer but what is his relevance to xbox in these regions is it is it an important deal to get done to be honest, I'm I'm not 100% sure. I know that he has a lot of traction here in Europe and uh, also in the US. I am not sure how much um, customers he pulls in in the uh, Asian market. Um, obviously, he is an Asian creator, but um, uh, his games are relatively Western. So I'm not sure if that attracts people or not. I know that uh, Death Stranding was very successful in Japan. Um but overall, uh, the thing really is, um, I'm not sure if Pong said it or Joe, um, his last two games didn't set the world on fire. Uh, Death Stranding was um, had very mixed receptions and commercially it wasn't really a success. And uh, Metal Gear Solid V um, also didn't set the world on fire like uh, it, it did back in the days, Metal Gear 1 and 2. They, they really changed uh, the narrative in the gaming industry. But this... The last two games from him, they didn't have the same weight anymore. So I'm not saying um, his best days are over. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm just not sure how much he or how, how many gamers he actually pulls in today. What I will give Microsoft definitely, if they can pull off a, maybe a Metal Gear game, a, a horror-esque game, uh, or anything or something new it doesn't matter a, a kojima game will definitely make the headlines it will give them that um, positive news to have something that was for a long time considered a playstation exclusive thing yeah so uh, in in that sense it really um detracts from the from the fact when you say okay what's the reason why you get a why you get a playstation over an xbox um that is definitely something that could make the headlines um i personally really don't care because yeah like i said his games are not mine okay i mean listen that, that uh, it's an extremely fair point and i i completely understand but like i said i i, I think that considering the focus of microsoft again th- their focus isn't just north america their focus is the world and there two there are two regions that they have notoriously did not do well in and they have an opportunity because of uh kojima walking away from sony not feeling like they i don't know if they're friends i don't know if it's a, if, if it's a konami level uh distaste but it's 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 certainly worthy to, to mention and also stadia stadia took a dump in the bed right so he had a deal with stadia to bring this horror game 
that were that's rumored and stadia closed their doors so you know there's who's left on the board well he's not going to make a game for nintendo he's just not but an xbox and i and i think phil spencer recognized that he did what a good leader does and he's figuring hey you know what we have um that booty handling the 15 first party studios here we have the folks the fine folks at um at Bethesda and Pete Hines handling those eight studios. And maybe, maybe, you know, his role in Japan, meaning uh, Kojima, will be much larger than just, uh, oh, I'm going to make a game. Maybe, maybe they're saying, hey, listen, you can make the game you want, go crazy, but we also want you to procure. Um, you know, studios to work with Xbox Game Studios on exclusives for a region that, that has not really brought a lot of their games to the Xbox community. So I think it's a win, win, win for everyone. But uh, VJ, let's get your final opinion before we get everyone on out of here. Um, what What are your thoughts on the Kojima rumor? I mean, obviously, it's been corroborated by numerous sources that, are de- that something is done. There's a deal with the lawyers. What that means, I don't know. But all I can say is that it's interesting to get us a, a developer that only made games for PlayStation <clears throat> in the past and Nintendo or, you know, on, on his early days with Konami <clears throat> to make games on Xbox and, and make them exclusive. I think it is a really, really big deal. Where do you fall with the Kojima news? I was going to say Mr. Badbit made uh, Kojima sound like Nicolas Cage. <laughs> in this present day, it's terrible. <laughs> um, good reference. Good reference. That's a fantastic <laughs> reference, and I love some Nick Cage. I'm sorry, man. I, I like I like Nick Cage. I didn't like him as Ghost Rider, but you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, on on a serious note, look, uh, it's difficult, but I want to sort of uh, offer a counter perspective to help kick the tires of all the opinions so far. To Joe's point, why would Xbox fund a studio um, whose games? May, may may not make much money. Uh, from a macro sp- perspective, we have to look at the business models. By the end of April 20, uh, by the end by the end of April, this first four months of this year alone, 20 million of us as a community would have funded Xbox Game Pass to the tune of 1.2 billion. That's not including revenues for Xbox's divisions that they earn from first-party software sales, licensing revenues from third-party game sales, and doesn't include the highly prof- profitable and lucrative, if not the most lucrative part of any of uh, modern-day publisher or first or platform holder um, business models, which is obviously profits from microtransactions and DLC. The point is that I wanted to make to Mr. Badbit be bad bit before he ran off and he probably preempted and that's probably probably why he left just kidding um the point is the business models of xbox and sony are so different and no one's realizing this we as a community are hands-off investors xbox allocates funds including a profit margin when they decide decide to develop a major game which will appear in game pass so taking a portion of our 1.2 billion just out of these four months let alone the amount of money and if they're at 25 million uh, subscribers that's 10 billion by the end of 2022 right when the big games start to hit 18. of course we're helping to amortize some of the Bethesda as uh, 7.5 billion dollar acquisition cash that they laid out for them but anyway that's a side point so you, you have to <clears throat> look at it is that xbox if you look at phil the way he's doing is pay us we will make games that fit a strategy, an audience, and fan base that will make Xbox exclusive. So it's prudent if Xbox siphon off a portion uh, of of the investment that we put into them to make a Kojima game. But if you if you look at Sony, Sony invests and and hopes a profit or a return on investment when the game ultimate release. Completely different business models. That's why the strategies are different, and that's why we're seeing a completely different Xbox. There's no other reason. It's that simple. But 
it's not as simple as I've put it, as I could possibly give it some thought and tear down my own points and contradict myself, which I often do on this show, but it's something to be aware, uh, aware of and consider. From what I know of, I'm speaking really quickly, Boone, because I know we've got time, I haven't got much time, but from what I know of Konami Japan and its management outside of the board, there was a point in time that I was in Japan and the guys at Konami were afraid to even mention Metal Gear Solid <clears throat> and Konami in the same sentence, let alone same chapter or verse. Or in a, or in an external <clears throat> from an external business proposal, it was an unfriendly, acidic, even acrimonious divorce, to say the least, between Kojima and Konami. And I've alluded to the type of personality traits that Kojima possesses, and I'm not surprised at all of, of what actually ended up occurring behind the scenes, so to speak, because we don't know everything, right? But it, it, this sort of thing is not exclusive to Konami. And Kojima, we've heard rumblings even over at um, Bioware, right, to some degree. It happens a lot in the gaming industry. Konami Kojima is just one of those uh, episodes that's more publicized, but wasn't the whole truth, in my opinion, right, or how it's been portrayed by Jeff Keighley and others. Konami won't support anything Kojima related and thinking otherwise is perhaps folly. I could be wrong. And some may say time heals all wounds, etc. But from my experience, I highly doubt it. So does money. Yeah, but the thing is, but the thing is, yeah, you say that, right? You can point to the yeah. power of cash. You can point to the all-conquering US dollar or Chinese RMB, given the 10 cents partnering with Platinum Games and Bucks the trend. However, coin, in my opinion, is not always the most important factor when you consider selling your company or a historical part of it, which again forms the fabric of pop culture in certain corners of the world, let alone the country of origin. What we need to grasp and, and the point that I'm trying to make here, Pong, is that you have to understand on a deeper level of just or just consider for a moment the very nature of the Japanese people and its historic culture. Yeah. I think I've said it before. I've learned if I've learned one thing, given my time in Japan, the Japanese are so much more about what they want to keep and preserve and not what they want to get rid of or sell off for profit. That they're incredibly sophisticated in their simplicity, and it's something to be admired. Uh, and look, perhaps I'm seeing Japan because I'm old from a bygone area, and that <laughs> perhaps no longer exists, you know, in the romanticism of my own mind. But and and okay. the thinkers, advocates of today, and the younger people like you, Pong, and so on and so forth, and you, Boom, obviously, because you're feel forever young. Uh, Thank will, you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> will perhaps get their wish. Kojima and I think Boom made a really pertinent point. Kojima does not have a lot of choice in terms of who will provide him the funds and afford him the time and bandwidth that best supports his undeniable creative vision, regardless of what um, uh, Box and Bear, sorry, I was going to call you Archimedes, but he's long gone, is, uh, you know, said, <laughs> love him or disapprove of him. These are the facts. It won't, as things currently stand, but it... <sighs> It won't as currently as it stands, and I'm talking about Death Stranding here, but it should come to Game Pass. Even if Jim Ryan has anything to say about it, if he's anything, Jim Ryan, he's pragmatic and businesslike. And, but, but what most don't know is that he doesn't pull all the strings at SIE. Although some of the PlayStation community blindly, angry and ignorantly over the last several days give him flack and are blaming him for everything, and I think it's quite appalling, Kojima, as far as we know, is already ship-shaped and prepared uh, uh, or at the back end of pre-production in terms of the game he wants to make next. I, I think he's already there. I think when he left Konami, he divorced himself from there because that, that's my opinion. Again, it's opinion. It's not fact. So please don't you know start writing on um, on IGN or anything like that. So <laughs> I want to finish off that 
the project needs to be at that stage boom in order to navigate and maneuver through the green light team, bureaucracy, politics, and the process at Xbox. And it's not just Xbox, it's at every major corporation. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves here. Phil, I don't think is that bothered by what the project or vision is. And he said on occasion, look, that's not my job. And there's better people in my company that are, uh, uh, that are, are far more um, better at that process than me. But he is at least aware of it. He does not, doesn't want to get involved in the green light process. He primarily just wants to make good on his business objectives and in turn his public promise to us fans, which is always secondary, right, to business, that Xbox is taking, and that promise, uh, sorry, is that Xbox is taking Asia and specifically Japan seriously. And with Kojima on board, then on the face of it, it's a feather in Phil's cap, or at least a tick in the box of his to-do list and his promise to us. And, and that, until the game, you know, is revealed and released, everything else right now is a bit of a circus, right? Until the facts and events unfold and ensue, so to speak. But I better stop there, Boone, because I know we're over, over, the, um, over the time limit. So, yeah, I'll just cut myself off. No, no, you, 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 you were fantastic. And, and here's the thing I want to just add to the conversation. What that was not available during Death Stranding, was not available during Metal Gear Solid Five, is the Game Pass factor. You have to understand something. The one unique aspect of Game Pass isn't the proposition in value. Sure, that's the talking point. That is what everyone is talking about. That is what Microsoft wants you to talk about because there is it's a conversation. But this is where it gets more interesting. Not only do they have 35 teams, not only do they have 23 studios, which are apparently going to be more by the time E3 comes and goes. Okay, that's what we're hearing. What they are, who they are, I don't know. But I can tell you, if you have 25 million people in Xbox Game Pass by E3 2021 this June, and you tell these masses that an, a Kojima game is going to be coming. Now, we, again, we have to fa factor in three, four, five years from now. Maybe they're at 50 million. Maybe they're at 100 million. I don't know. But if Microsoft keeps putting the emphasis on Game Pass and, and raising the bar in what it means to have uh, 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 you know, value proposition, then th what, what you're going to have is 5, 10, 15, 20 million people downloading Kojima's game because it's a Kojima game. Maybe they play it. Maybe they hate it. Maybe they like it enough to buy it because we do know from Phil Spencer that more people in Game Pass buy more games. That is a fact. That's not even a suggestion. So again, <laughs> this could be a match made in heaven simply because Kojima is going to have Game Pass as his back. Microsoft is going to have people subscribing to Game Pass because of a Kojima game. Again, this is all speculation. I think that is relevant of the conversation, but my God, this has been a great two, uh, two hours. Let me just catch up on the last Super Chats and we'll get everyone out of here. Raiden Blade, generous friend of the show, he drops... An outstanding finals who threatened says, "Hey guys, I heard or saw some talk of Netflix is Netflix is looking to buy Sony movies. What are your thoughts, people, and how will this affect PlayStation Five moving forward?" Well, guess what, dude? Uh, that is one of the main 
crux of conversation tomorrow morning on Breakfast with Boom. And King David will be reprising his role as number one comedian because he's going to have he's going to be bringing the fire. Uh, I'm actually, uh, you know, we're having King David. I think we again, we don't know if Joe's going to feel good. Joe may or may not be there. Dreadpool may have to work. So I'm going to try and find uh, one or two other people to jump in with us. Uh, and I, I've already sent out some of those DMs. Um, but, yeah, that's one of the big, big topics um, to, for tomorrow's Breakfast with Boom, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have Pixel Bit G, good and generous friend of the show. He drops an outstanding $5 soup. Jen says, stop putting Stranding next to Metal Gear Solid 5. MGS5 has an awesome game loop. Yeah, I loved it. I put hours upon hours. I really enjoyed Metal Gear Solid 5. Stranding sucked because it was a game loop that took too long to get good. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I wasn't a fan, and then my brother bought me the game, and I put 60 hours in. I nearly beat it. I'm at the end of it. I actually quite enjoyed Death Stranding, but I enjoyed it for a different reason than mo- most people. Um... Let's see. We have Joe Dunmore, good and generous friend of the show. Joe, thanks for being here, brother. He drops a five dollars of chat. Says Phil's new name shall be Bruticus, and I think I'm going to give you a stamp of approval because I like that. On top of Phil, Dominus, Maximus, Aurelius, Bruticus, Spencer. I love it. It just rolls off the tongue. Raiden Blade drops an additional five dollars of chat. Says guys, isn't 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 funny that e uh, that at this E3 we'll have Nintendo and Konami who are never at E3 but now Nintendo is attending. Did Xbox invite them both? Ooh, that's interesting. That is extremely interesting. And um, Dan the Man Cunningham, Dan, thanks for being here, brother. Always happy to see you in the chat. He drops an outstanding file. Super chat and says, "Hey, Boom and Crew, don't be surprised if hold on a sec. Where is it? Here it is. Don't be surprised to see Game Pass only exclusives in the future. Yeah, I, I, I think you might be on something with that as well. But listen, folks, thank you so much for being here. We had um, well over 500 people on our on our uh, uh, march to almost 600 people here today, and that's a big deal. This is a small show. Um, you know, again, hopefully, I haven't checked the numbers. I don't know if I hit 8,000 subs. If you're new and you want to help march to 8,000, which we're close, hit the subscribe button. Help boom out. I think you're going to really dig the content, and of course, you if you are still here and there's over 400 people still here, hit the like button. Let's try to get 400 likes before we get everyone out of here, and we're going to go to, of course, uh, who did I lose here? Um, well, you know what, Boxer Bear, let's go to you. I think I, I lost Pong, but I'm not sure why. He might he might have left me a message. Pong, Pong, so obviously, uh, rookie sensation. The guy is everywhere. Um, more importantly, he has his own show on Saturdays, uh, uh, which is called Living Split Screen. Uh, it definitely at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, Saturday mornings. Uh, definitely go check that out. Um, he's there with Steel Rain, who's a, a prominent member of the community. Uh, of course, uh, Pong Soul is not only on this program, well, not this particular one, on the Tuesday show with Zemi, but he's also on the Xbox Ultimate podcast with uh, Mav and Caitlin and 3Bit. And um, uh, who else do they have over there? They have Lady AF. They have... Uh, um, oh, here he is! Here he is! Speak of the devil! There you go. Uh, we're just doing. We're just doing good your old, outro. Good old internet. I tell you what. <laughs> well, you know what, brother? Listen, I I gave you a huge shout out for the shows that you're on, but I want you to talk about living split screen. Get people over there and uh, tell how well the channel has been doing since you launched it. 
Yeah, sorry about that, boom. Sorry about that chat. Uh yeah. So, anyways, living split screen Saturday mornings. Myself and Steel Rain are coming to you live. We are waking you up in the morning, and uh, we are going to talk about you know things across the entire industry. We're not centric in any way, shape, or form. Even though you guys see me on a lot of Xbox centric podcasts, uh, we're just talking about the golden age of gaming. Uh, and we keep it organic. Uh, we, you know, if, it, if if subject comes up in the chat that we want to talk about, uh, we'll talk about it. It does not matter. We we have a free flowing show. Uh, so please come check us out again. Living split screen. Split screen is all one word. Um, it is uh, obviously 10 a.m. Eastern time, 9 a.m. Central time, and 3 p.m. UK time. Uh, so come check us out. We've been growing very well. We're over 100 subs with just three episodes in. We want to continue. Continue to do that and you can find us at living split screen lvng split screen capital s's on twitter as well follow us there um, but otherwise man gra grab your morning whatever you got for the morning or whatever you got going in the afternoon just put us on in the background like boom does while he's doing his chores it's actually you know what it's time. funny it's, it's usually <laughs> saturday mornings mrs boom and i are up at five we, yep. we do our hike we come back we you know we we we, we you know we shower up and then i usually make breakfast so as i'm making breakfast i'm listening to you in the background so you're always there while i'm uh, frying the eggs and cooking the bacon Yep, it's 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 perfect time, and that's what I do with a lot of the shows too on the weekends. So I totally understand, uh, and it works out perfectly. So yeah, come check us out. Uh, otherwise, Friday nights Xbox Ultimate Fun Speculation, aka Mav. Uh, the rest of my family over there: Caitlin, Three Bits, Psychonauts, Eight, Assassin Lupa, and Lady AF. Uh, Nine o'clock Eastern Time, Eight o'clock uh, Central Time in the PM. Fantastic show. God. And the Fun. growth has been tremendous. Mav, Mav has done such a fantastic yeah. job over there, and the growth has been absolutely incredible. Uh, Saturday nights, uh, the Shop Podcast with PTK Blam, Fuzzy Belvedere, Centurion, and Stagorilla. And this week, we've got uh, Lord Sovereign uh, from nice. Iron Lords. Love, love Sovereign. So, yeah, it's going to be Good great. Dude. It's a rare appearance from Sov. Uh, so that's going to be fun as well. And then, obviously, Tuesday's back here again with uh, Boom and Zemi. So, wow, thanks uh, so much yeah. for being here. No brother definitely Thank appreciate you. it you. definitely appreciate you being here and love the work that you're doing and you know what you might have to actually take a break and play games because man you are <laughs> i make sure i make sure i do don't worry you're a podcast a podcast sensation uh boxer bear aka um uh archimedes in quarantine dude love what you do for this uh, community love what you do on your channel you dropped a major monster video that i think everyone should check out tell everyone where they can help you uh, continue to grow your channel on YouTube and where can people reach out to you and uh, strike up a conversation that isn't toxic? Yeah, first, thanks again for having me on the show. It's always a blast. Uh, you know, the Xbox Factor podcast is one of my highlights uh, each and every week. Um, and thanks, of course, to the chat. Um, I'm always having so, so many awesome discussions in the chat while uh, <laughs> um, the other guys are presenting their opinions. Um, it's, it's always a fun time here at the Xbox Factor podcast. So, yeah, thanks for that. And everyone can find me basically everywhere on PlayStation, Xbox Live, Twitter, and, of course, here on YouTube at Boxenberger. Like you said, I do have a small YouTube channel. Um, I put out about one or two videos per week where I discuss certain topics of the gaming industry, um, sometimes tech-focused, sometimes more um, general stuff. Um, and yeah, it, it's been a lot of fun. The channel has been growing. Um, 
slowly, but I do have a wonderful community that supports me and I, I truly appreciate that. So yeah, definitely check that out. And if you want to hear me more on podcasts, I'm also usually on the midweek mixer podcast uh, by Wandering Dutch um, each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Um, Central Europe time. That's, I think, 2 a.m. Um, Eastern. <laughs> um, if I'm, if I did the math correct, um, that's actually quite an awesome podcast because it has usually uh, only um, European podcasters and European um, gaming community members uh, on the panel. So definitely check that out. Well, thanks so much for being here, brother. Definitely appreciate what you do with this community. And, uh, of course, love your channel. And VJ, brother, thank you so much for giving us the massive opinions that you always do. I know I must have given you a coronary when I called out your name early during a conversation <laughs> because normally we save you for last because you save the best for last. But tell everyone about what you got going on, brother, and where could people reach out to you and strike up a conversation on social oh, media? Yeah. I was going to say, Boone, sorry for my last topic response. I was trying to break a personal record of words spoken in under five minutes. Um, and, um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I think I was going a bit crazy there. But um, you can find me on social media at Viewpoint Gaming. And I just wanted to say that today's topics were absolutely fantastic. And um, there was so much more to be said. But I know that time time is a, is a factor. And um, I hope to be back on next week. Uh, yeah, well, you definitely will. And obviously, you know me, I, I start working on these shows super early because obviously you got to keep the content coming. I have such an incredible community that supports me. The least I can do is stay up to date. And obviously the footage that you're seeing, folks, was provided to me uh, by a st Systemic Reaction. Of course, they are making Second Extinction, which is coming into Xbox Game Pass on the 28th of April. And I cannot wait for this game. Um, obviously, you know, I got a chance to interview... Uh, two members of the staff, uh, the game's director, Simon Vickers, and, of course, Anise Palm, who's the community developer. I uh, got a chance to talk with them. If you missed that interview, uh, that went up as a premiere yesterday on my YouTube channel. Definitely, if this game interests you, and it should, because it's basically Turok, Dinosaur Hunter meets Left 4 Dead, and what, man, what a combination. Go check that out and let me know, and let them let them know what you think about the game. It looks like, it, I mean, obviously, it, it's, it's, gonna, it's running ultra good and this is just pre-release game footage folks i cannot wait to get the xbox series x version which by the way is going to run confirmed by the director at 4k 60 which is incredible uh but listen folks thank you so much for being here thank you so much for the generosity that continues to come in and of course i'm going to close out the show with something that's important to me hopefully one day it'll be important to you and that's something that my dear old dad taught us when we were kids and he used to say this son treat others how you want to be treated and also it doesn't cost anything to be nice you live by those rules and i can guarantee you you're gonna have an awesome day so take care everyone and we'll see you next week on the newest episode of the xbox factor podcast <laughs>